Hello, everyone. A couple of formalities, if I may, before we get into the show. A big thank you to everyone supporting The Big Gym Show. Really, really appreciate it. Obviously, if you can leave a review, if you can hit follow, subscribe, however you do that on any of the social media and platforms that you consume the show. If you can also leave a review and a rating, it smashes the algorithm forward, apparently, or back if you leave a shit one, which is absolutely fine as well. But also a big thank you to everyone who supported Moreland Brawl. We're building a bit of a community, which is class. Walking down the street, people smelling of dark honey and tobacco. And there's that nod of appreciation and knowledge that you're a part of the Moreland Brawl community. So for all you men and women that are mauling and brawling in the office, in the streets, on the pitch, a big thank you. If you want to get your Moreland Brawl, you just head to moorlandbrawl.com. But again, a big thank you for supporting the show and Maul and Brawl. Maul and Brawl. For men that maul. And women that brawl. On this episode, I'm joined by the great, the wonderful Scotsman. It's Hamish Watson. This is the Big Gym Show. Give me a Big Gym is wearing his Marching around the town to get some thrills But it's time to go in now And he's big and red A shot of black coffee, now he's super bad He gets loud, I'm a big dick owls A shoulder of some whiskey and he shoots like a mouse Hamish Watson, welcome to the studio. We're meant to fly down together. Sorry, I've left you hanging. Thank you. It's great to be here, Jim. Finally here. You are. It's, it's taken a taken a while, but um, thank you very much for having me on. Appreciate it. Do you like it? It's nice, yeah. Um, bit of branding. No, it's it's very uh, very posh. So right? you got your jacket on. You've not got any jacket. You got your Belfast. Bel- <laughs> Belstaff. <laughs> Belstaff. So you're in London. Jacket, so we both live in Edinburgh. Yeah, but we're in London. The studio's better, Ray. Eh? That's why you got to do it. Yeah. Pro- if I'm getting Hamish Watson in the studio, we're doing it properly, right? Yeah. The missus was a bit upset, <laughs> to be honest. She said, "Doesn't Jim live in Edinburgh?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "I don't know why we're going now to London, but it makes it makes perfect sense now." To be it fair, does. the Big Jim Show 2.0. We are looking at Edinburgh space as well. There's actually, I said to you before, the W Hotel, which looks wicked. Yeah. They've got like a studio space in there, but it's like kitted out for music. I went and had a look, and I thought, do I do it here with, with Mesh? It'll be easier. Yeah. It'll be 20 minutes each way for us to get in there. But I thought, I've got to show you the studio. Yeah. So I stayed out Get Mesh London. on the underground. How was 45 it? 45 minutes. No, it was all right. We missed, a, to be fair, I did it a couple, I did it in December. And when you're doing it in rush hour, it's a, it's a different animal. But today at 9.15, it, was, it wasn't too bad, actually. You'd, I love how you say you did it in December, like as in that's... I did it. I conquered you, you it. Did, you did. <laughs> it's a horror. Imagine being my size oh, and travelling. Yeah, it's, that's tough. Travelling is the you know um, the necessary evil for me. You know what's tricky as well? The Do you ever eat on public transport? Aeroplanes is a bit different. I don't eat on public transport oh. when people are. So me and... Um, me and my brothers and my dad went to the went to the cup final to watch United versus City, and we're on the underground on the way in. And this this lad, he's obviously doing what he has to do. He's working. He's 
might have like half an hour to eat his food, but he's got KFC. We all love a KFC. Oh, we all love yeah, a KFC. Yeah, if you're eating it. We all love a KFC. And you're starving. But we're there, we're a few pints deep. We're just, we're, and he's having his KFC, he's got his wings, and he's got the mash and the gravy. What? He's going, yeah, he's going wings into the mash, into the KFC gravy on the on the tube and stuffing it down his face. And we're like, we're like directly opposite this guy. And it was just, it was, you know, when you try, you'd like trying not to make a big deal of it, but then eventually my, my old brother's giving him, giving him evils, being like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this on public transport? Eventually he makes it, my brother makes it as obvious as possible. He's moving carriages because this guy's being so, um, I don't know, it's just not. Offensive? Yeah, it is like, offensive. Well, you do, not, who dips your chicken into your mashed potato? And then the great, and he's like, he's sucking the oh, bones and it's just. He's sucking the bones. Yeah, like it's. It's tough. Wings are always tough, even if you're sitting there with your wife. Wings mm. are always tough, but you just get on with it. Oh. But in fr- in front of strangers on the on the tube, it's a it was, horror. Um, but yeah. So I try to avoid the tube. But yeah, it is good though. It's very very good. It's quick. We would have got quick. you a car, but would have we would have next time we'll get you a car. If I was traveling down with you, like we were meant to be, yeah, you exactly. got me a car. <laughs> I said to Al, give Hamish whatever he wants. He's coming into London. He's a bit vulnerable at the minute. I said, <laughs> give him whatever he wants. You came down on BA, which was, come, you get a decent seat or not? Yeah, actually, uh, sitting next to Christine's mother-in-law, by Dude, chance. Okay. So um had a little chat with her. He's got his wedding in the summer, so sat next to her. So, the, yeah, the flight down was actually pleasant. very good, ple- very pleasant. Got myself coffee. So, Lovely. good flight, but then it was just a bit of a, like I said, my, um, my agent, um, a George... He messed up a little. He went to City because he was. To be fair to him, it's very nice of him. He said, "I'll come and pick you up and take you to gym, big gym." And um, we went. I came to London in December a few times, and we we kept meeting at City. Our spot would be Pret. Oh, George, meet me at Pret. He was like, "No worries, I'll get you a coffee." So he texted me as soon as I landed, and be like, five minutes late, but we'll meet at Pret." And I was like, "He's acting as if it's a familiar spot, but we go. I'm going to Heathrow this time round." And he was. <laughs> I said, "What the Pret at City?" He just sent back me like fuck, and then he's had to rush to to Bond Street to try and pick me up, and then sent me through like a tube map and how to do it. Um, but yeah, it's easy, easy mistake. And you went via Bellstaff, the shop. Via Bellstaff, is yeah. that the one on Oxford near yeah, Oxford just Street, off Regent Street? Yeah, Regent Street. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so went to Bellstaff, and they've kitted me out with a, a few nice items, a nice jacket for the weekend. It's lovely. Um, this is actually this is actually one they got me a couple of years ago. Oh, is it? Yeah, no, but got um, got a nice jacket for the weekend for the rugby, so because I'll be watching. Um, but it's a nice warm. It's a nice. Uh, so what do you mean for nice... the rugby? Like because you're watching the rugby, so you've gone down there. They've kitted you out just so you can have a nice warm coat. Precisely. To watch Scotland yeah. play France at yeah. the weekend. Yeah, just a bit of coverage for them. Yeah, lovely. But no, Bellstaff. It's a. Uh, an amazing brand, so thank you very much. I love how the agency have said, and we've got the same agents, right? CSM. <coughs> Is it Wasserman or CSM? They're merging. CSM Wasserman. CSM Wasserman. That's the new name. I think so. Yeah, well, they're merging. Well, they've merged. Yeah. Something's happened anyway. But I love how they've said to you, you're coming in the studio, the Big Gym Show is that big that you need to wear your Bowstaff jacket, you need to wear your Breitling watch nailed it <laughs> and you also need to make sure you've got a fucking mullet because that is on brand you've come down yes, with a mullet come as well. on i've come in on brand that's um that's how big the big gym show is yeah it is i've not seen them i i always said i've not seen the mullet for a while i've yeah. you might have heard your brother always texts me yeah. and it's like keep talking about the mullet being hamish's su- superpower <laughs> he's always messaging me if i didn't talk if i talk to anyone else you've got my brother's number honestly yeah gus he's always messaging me what does he say he sends me stuff like if i say i don't know 
Like I said Rory Darge was a good player and he's texted me like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck? What's his last message? Uh, he's sending me stuff when he's at the football. I was like, mate, your brother messages me more than you. Yeah, because you never messaged me. You're trying to get free hats out of him. Oh, I can't even tell you, Matt. I can't even tell you what he's saying. No, he's giving me, yeah, give me a rundown. Don't. Listen to the pod today. What do you make of Hamish not... I'm not even don't, going to say yeah, it. Don't, I'm not. I, reading back of course Gus's, um, yeah, Gus's that's, WhatsApp that's chat what is they a, do. Is a mate, you, game. You, your parents and your mates and your brother especially think you're the best. Like, As in, not you, just in general. It's kind of, of like... Of everyone, everyone thinks their own kid or their own husband or whatever it may be. They're, like, everyone thinks within your family that it's you're, you're the best and that's what I'm having, having to deal with at the moment with, with my wife and stuff. Just get everything in perspective, it's, you know. But it's... Um, it's uh, that's how it is, isn't it? That's you'd be worried if your family didn't think you were, mm. were the best. So. Yeah, of course. Um, and that's been my support network, I guess, since the start of my career. So they're they're obviously super supportive of me and um, always always back in my corner, which yeah. is nice. Well, it is tough, and to have you in the studio now, this is going to go out after Scotland play France, and the news came out in the Scotland camp that Luke Crosby's out for the tournament and Richie Gray's out as well. So I was thinking, oh, Hamish, he ain't going to come down. And it's a big move for you. It's a big shift, right, as in to like for players to open up and not be closed off at any point because you yeah. want to get back in the squad and get back in the team. Yeah. Did you consider pulling out the pod or not? Well, I, you I, can, yeah, I can remember doing it. I can remember you asking me maybe for the first time, was it last Six Nations? Mm. I think I sort of said, obviously I had um, an injury in December, in December that year and I sort of, wasn't playing at the start of Six Nations, so I put it off and said, listen, Jim, I'm concentrating on my rugby. I'll just leave it for now. Like you say, it's always easy doing these things when everything's going great, isn't it? That's always the easy time to do them. And then at the World Cup, <laughs> I think in the lead-up, you messaged me and I was like, Jim, it's not it's not going so great. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, um, I'll message you hopefully soon when it's going better. And then during actually when we're in France, I think we maybe texted a bit. And then I've, we've obviously finally come round to maybe it's not going to be going well for a while. Let's just let's get this done. Mm-hmm. Let's um, let's have a yarn together. So it's um, like you say, it's been it's it's easier to do them when it's going well. But I think mm-hmm. it's also it's easier with you as well because I know you from when we played, and it's easy just to have a have a chat about things. So. Yeah, of course. Like, what's it like as a player at the minute? Then, like more personally for you, and um, if we do look a little bit of your career mm. and we can maybe go back all the way but like just the trajectory of your career was it around 2019 or like the Lions right that was where people in Edinburgh people in Scotland knocking about in mullets right that was maybe you yeah. in the absolute prime the trajectory <clears> was <throat> fucking going like that and then picking up a few injuries and stuff and look, this conversation that we've had privately it's a conversation that I've had with other lads about my career about their career it's not all glory, right? It mm. does go up and down. And we were chatting about John Barkley, perfect example. Like in the Scotland team, the killer bees in the back row, then gets completely bombed out for a couple of years, comes back, captains the team, and has an unbelievable finish. The ups and downs. Like, like where are you in your kind of mind now? Do you feel as if the trajectory can go back up that way? Like, how's the body and everything? I feel I feel so. I feel like my body's really actually in a really good spot at the moment. It's probably the 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 irony of it all is it's actually probably the best I've felt going into uh the new year and you know back in January potentially the Six Nations. It's probably the best my body's felt in years. So I've actually on that front I actually feel really good. Um been injury free for a while. Obviously I broke my cheekbone in, back in 
um, October, I think it was. I was out for like four weeks with that. So, but it was a small injury in, in relative terms when you speak up broken cheekbones. It was, um, but the body feels good. I feel I feel like I'm playing well. But like you say, you throughout your career, you're always going to go through little peaks and troughs. And I've been lucky that I've sort of been on that path for quite a long time and not had a setback for a while. But it's one thing I always say whenever parents ask for advice to send to their to send to their kids a little videos. I always say. Throughout your career, you're always going to have setbacks. I've I had them mainly at the start of my career. I haven't had to deal with anything too major for a while. But I think that's also why it's sometimes harder. I haven't had for the last probably well, my debut was in 2015. I didn't really break through until the sort of I think it was 2016 autumns. But my sort of career has been pretty pretty easy sailing while while the last nine years. And I think that's what's made this being left out of this Six Nations squad quite hard because. For the last nine years, like I say, I've been quite a big part of that Scotland team. So it's hard not being in the squad, getting that phone call. Um, but I fully believe that if I wasn't, didn't think I was good enough to still be in that setup, um, then you may as well, you know, just just retire. So I still have that fire in my belly to play for Scotland. And if it's not with Scotland, to do everything I can with Edinburgh to hopefully hopefully get selected. Um, I think the thing is, whenever you, whenever you hit a certain age, that like you're talking about yourself, you're talking about Barks and stuff like that, there definitely is a perception in people's heads that once you hit a certain age, you, they do start that sort of natural phasing out process. And I suppose that's what I'm battling with in the moment. I was a bit annoyed. I remember we met at the World Cup and we sort of briefly spoke about it. It was after like the first two games, was it? Or maybe the Tonga mm. game. And I obviously hadn't played yet. And um, I always thought I was going to get a shot against Romania, but sort of no matter how well you play against Romania, it doesn't really matter. No disrespect, but oh, it's, it's not going to change. It's not going to yeah, change yeah. the coach's opinions really. Um, so I feel like that. I feel like sometimes they do just try and phase you out, no matter how you're playing, um, and try and give you less shots. If that makes sense, I don't mm. want to sound too bitter about it. But I played once in the World Cup, and I played once in the World Cup warm-ups after a really good pre-season. So I played two out of eight games, um, which was which has been tough, but. Uh, like I say, I, I'm just I'm back with Edinburgh now. We've had a we've had a pretty tough week. We had two weeks off, so that's a that's a silver line of obviously not going in the Six Nations. The boys went straight from Scarlets on Friday night into Scotland Camp Monday, and you know what it's like when you go straight mm-hmm. from club into international. It's pretty full on and really hard work. So the silver line has had two weeks off. Obviously, did absolutely nothing because the kids were at school, so it was just doing school runs basically doing what my wife has to do every day and finding out that it's actually a lot harder than being in rugby training and lifting weights and tackling people for a living. So it wasn't exactly a holiday, but it was nice to just get some downtime with the family and spend some time with the kids. And now we've come back into Edinburgh and obviously they give you two weeks off. They don't trust you. So now we're getting absolutely <laughs> flogged for this week. So, I mean, out of nowhere. Well. You know, normally they give you a bit of warning if you're going to do a Bronco, mm. which is a fitness test for people who don't know. Um, no warning. They said they heard boys were in Tenerife on the first week. Obviously, I, I wish we would have gone to Tenerife. They now. heard. I wish you I, weren't there. Well, of course, so I you wish, missed out. You're I wish I was punished. in Tenerife with the young boys. Um, so they heard boys were in Tenerife. So they're like, "Oh, you're not acting responsibly on your holidays." But what are you meant to? You got two weeks off if you're young. Um, <laughs> so Monday morning, fitness test out of nowhere, Bronco in like you know that Edinburgh like gale force oh. wind on the back pitches at the how you do the commentary guys, like, on the hive. We'll make a man. Like, I swear, I added about 30 seconds onto the Bronco for everyone. I saw um, the backs went first, so it's like you're waiting almost for you waiting for it as well. And um, Benny Velicott, who's normally like the fittest guy ever, he got like a relatively slow time for him. And I was like, to the other forwards, I was like, lads, we're in a lot of trouble here. Benny Velicott's struggling. <laughs> was he in Tenerife or not? No, 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 he no Tenerife for him either. And uh, that's when I knew, that's when I knew we were in a lot of trouble. So we did that Bronco and we've sort of been getting 
flog this week and then we've got zebra next week which is good because when you do get a bit older you want to prepare for something you want you don't like many just training weeks and pre-season mm. weeks you want to have a game at the end of the week so back to next week it'll be resuming and then yeah and how much contact do they do, they do on these down weeks because again going back in the day <coughs> you'd just be smashing fuck out of each other but obviously yeah. things are very different now yeah, it's, it is. It is really different. We've got Robbo, who's head of SNC, so he sort of look does like to after two weeks off, you got more chance of you know doing little tears in your calves, your hamstrings, back spasms, you know stuff like that after you've not been exposed to it. We get sent a program of what we're meant to do, you know whether all the boys follow that or not, um, or maybe like fifty percent do. Yeah. So, there's been talks of getting handing out GPSs for the next time we're off, but that's a that's a discussion for another matter. <laughs> no trust. Um, but uh, yeah, I think so. Robert does look after that side of things. It's not like you say ten years ago, a bit longer. You would just come back smashing the shit out of each other, mm. loads of contact. Whereas now it's a bit more managed. They do that fitness test because one, it's a mental, it's a mental battle, isn't it? But it's an easy way to get meters in without without change of direction and running around. So we'll, we'll, it's a gradual build up this week. Friday, sorry, Thursday, we'll get more back into the rugby side of things, and then Friday will be like an install day for for the game the following weekend. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, it's a bit, it's changed a bit, but then when you do that Bronco on Monday, you're like, geez, I'd rather be smashing each other than doing a fitness test. Yeah, they make a man of you. Yeah. Like, it's, well, I don't, don't even think the Bronco was there. Well, you would have been yo-yo, would you? Yo-yo. Yo-yo, yo-yo and bleep test. And, yo-yo, I was, yeah, I, yo-yo. humbly, unbelievable the bleep test, believe it or not. <laughs> don't know how, why are you laughing? <laughs> My eye was like a diesel engine, could just go, not fat, when it got quick, yeah, it's yeah, fucked, because yeah. I couldn't go, I yeah. couldn't run Big fast. strides though. Big strides. Yeah, big strides. That's it. With that, was, it. that was a horrible test. Oh, old school. Yeah, I did. I like that. I like them yeah. kind of the measure of the man. Like everyone's watching. Yeah. You're up against the same position. Yeah. You know, like I, yeah, I really yeah. did enjoy. Then when it came to squatting and bench pressing, not so much. <laughs> but you know, when you're out on the field and you're up against like your opposite man. Yeah, exactly. You know, you do. And that, that's, we're all competitive people, aren't you? So we sap about it in the change room. And then as soon as you get out there, you're like, I don't want this opposite second row or back row are beating me mm. and you do that sort of competitiveness comes out in each other yeah. which is um, good what was the what was the last pre-season we, we did the 2015 one together didn't we was that with the stadium the stadium sprints was that stadium steps yeah. or was that it was Potsy wasn't it yeah that was back, where bag flips you, and... you do the most ridiculous training where I think they thought I was just like a negative influence on the group that's why I don't think I went but I was yeah. honest like, I was had 60 odd caps yeah been around the block and we're doing what are them things where you bent down on like in a squat and you're crabbing across the yeah, pitch yeah, yeah. and it's like mate I've I've been out for a year <laughs> a couple of years ago with my knee and I'm literally in a position where I, it's pinching and my knees but I can feel it filling up with fluid yeah. and we're having to walk around these fucking crab like like <laughs> poses and then you're on your hands and knees you're doing bear crawls yeah, so I've had yeah. four shoulder reconstructions and I'm yeah. doing bear crawls up and down the pitch and if you challenge the coaches yeah. You're just like no, you're moaning, you're negative. It's like, but it's, it's, it's yeah. always the same. That's the problem with pre-season. I know you have to do it, but it always seems to be the same thing. No matter how people doing all those fitness tests, the bear crawls, the mental stuff, it comes to the picking the team, the match of team. You could have been the the eight week preseason hero in the bear crawler. If you're not good, enough, you're still not getting picked. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things. Like they, the, you have to do it. Like we say, and you have to show show face and try your hardest. But at the end of the day. It doesn't matter, does it? And when it comes down to rugby, they're not picking you on your bear crawls and mm. your your bronco time. Yeah, I understand the mental resilience part. Like I'm all yeah. for that. I completely get it. But rugby's such a functional game. 
you know, and you'd be doing unfunctional things. It was just, yeah. and I know it's changed loads now that there's loads of conditioning games. You don't necessarily need to squat. You, you do other natural exercises that you can do yeah. to increase strength. You'd just be doing stuff like, it was almost like you were in stress positions constantly. Yeah. And no wonder your body's breaking down. It was mental. We, that, we, we had asthma attacks on that one in the Pyrenees Hills, didn't we? We had, we had everything. Mo Farah's running around the track and one of the guys is nearly getting CPR. Was it Damien Hoyland or something? Yeah, David. Oh, my God. And we had Spacey with Get his... Get Spacey with his uh, sore shoulder. I remember his smashed shoulder and Vern getting mad at him for not wanting to be there. But he had shoulder surgery like two weeks before. And it's like, what do you want me I to do? I still have nightmares, <laughs> Mish. So, that, so you just said that one line there. Don't want to be there. So Vern Cotter is screaming at people, how much do you want to be here? How much do you want to fucking pay for Scotland? And this is a true story, and it's 100% genuine. Before that camp, I went away to train, warm weather training, by myself. So I did it under the radar, so people didn't know, didn't talk about it until now. I've spoken about it before, and I came in, I was really fit. Like I was, in, and I was that fit that they put me in with the back row. So you might not remember, but basically the sessions were in the middle of the pitch with a running track. Yeah, I remember. All the back rows and all the backs were there, and the forwards were off doing strongman up on the hill. Up on the hill, I never did strongman yeah, because hill. I Big Q. because they weren't at the level. Yeah, <laughs> but they weren't at the level of fitness or or made the grade or whatever. I made the grade, so I'm training with the back rows, yeah. and it's the down ups. Where do you think I am? In that group, you and Dents must have been somewhere together. <laughs> Dents might have been behind me. Dildo Dave was behind me. I am so far at the back, right, that it's embarrassing. And Vern screaming at Europe, "How much do you want to play for Scotland? How much do you want to fucking like screaming as I'm on the floor?" And I'm thinking he's pushing me mentally because it's quite obvious that I am the only second row type five player. In in within a hundred and fifty mile radius, like as yeah. in they're they're on a different planet somewhere else, yeah. and then obviously I didn't go so to you, the World Cup. That was it. That was the end. Wasn't so you it? being too fit going into that World Cup camp means I didn't made you not go to the twenty fifteen World Cup. No, he didn't like me. <laughs> he didn't like me, and that's what I we were talking about, weren't we? With yeah. I do think about that all the time, and look, people have their own stories, but. I just wish I'd dealt with that. I just went straight. When I got dropped out of the squad and they brought in Swinnow, who wasn't even in the squad, he weren't getting shouted at, he weren't in the Pyrenees, yeah. he weren't being made to fast for three days. Smack he, rabbits. He weren't made to massacre rabbits like we were. <laughs> if it wasn't for that story of the podcast, I would never be here now. <laughs> I'd never be here. Well, there you go. There's the silver lining. I know. Well, hey, if you do decide to walk away, just come loaded with a hell of a story about one of the coaches because he ended up getting the sack off the back of it. So, But I wish I didn't retire because Gilco went down in that World Cup in 2015. It did, it is growing, it? I would have been on the pitch, two-step lob against Australia, keep it really simple. Semi-final against Argentina, probably won that. And, and won, then won the one World Cup. Well, it was a shootout between Scotland and the All Blacks and probably would have won, if you would have won that game. Yeah. Just saying, but do not do what I did. But how hard is it? And, and maybe just chat a little bit about What's it like as players where, from the outside looking in, and anyone can pick a 15 of what they think and they'll have this mind about the best players playing or whatever. Do coaches talk about like work-ons and like how hard is it to, you know, if it's your tackling, which it might not be with you, or if it's your carrying and not making metres, mm. when you can't do the contact, is it about trying to do it against, with all due respect, the Zebras in yeah. the URC? How do them conversations go now? I think it'll probably be still pretty similar to your day. Like you say with coaches, I think it's you need to 
like we said before about peaks and troughs, you need to have a good relationship with your coach. You need him to have have your back, I suppose, when it comes to a selection meeting and have a bit of money in the bank um, for those for those tough meetings if when the relationship's not been going so well, like you said with Vern and stuff. Because at the end of the day, if it's a 50-50, they're going to pick mm. probably the person they like more as, as a, fa- a favourite or whatever you want to call it. So, um, so I think it's important to have to have um you need to be have a close try and have a close relationship with your coaches or eventually at some point it's going to bite in the butt when it comes to a, a close um selection decision i don't know if that's the exact question you asked me no it, it, no it, it's just as like how it works in a team i think like the people listening like it's interesting to know with someone that is in it like you're not completely out of it yeah. you've been at the highest level you've been a favorite a fan's favorite and then when you're not a favourite, like how the discussions go in terms of, like if you've got yeah. to go and work on your passing, yeah. does that mean your mindset is like not against that? You go out and start whipping out passes and videoing yeah. it and send it to the coach and say, look, I'm doing it. I think it, it's it's tough because obviously I I had a brief conversation um, with, with Gregor when he rang me up to say I wasn't in the squad and he'll give you maybe like, a few work-ons, which is a conversation between me and Gregor, so I'm not going to go into it, but I think sometime, like one or two of them, you might be like, yeah, fair enough. And then some, you think they're just maybe pulling out of anywhere just to, <clears throat> just to, um, I don't know, fill, fill, the, yeah, time, fill, fill the time a bit. And fill yeah, the space. And, and just give you something I think the go. one thing all rugby players um, realise is you'd rather just have a completely honest conversation with, you, mm. with your coach than, than to be really honest with you. I think as a player, if you've got, I think you can always get better. You can always have work on. So I don't, I don't disagree with being given work ons because everyone can always be way better. Um, but also, there's a certain thing that's got you to where you are as well. And I think it's important that you, you don't just, if you go into games trying to really force stuff, and you say you've been given a couple of work ons. I don't know maybe it's like you need to jackal harder or get on ball more, and then you 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 find yourself in games thinking. Oh shit! I need to jackal or get on ball. You start forcing things, giving away penalties, mm. trying to get on ball, knocking the ball, and whatever it may be. And I think you can actually screw yourself over mentally when when you're constantly trying to think about the stuff you need to get better at. So you do that on the training field and hope it just naturally comes into your game if you, if it if that's what it needs to happen. But like you said about the zebra stuff, when you're not in the squad, if you go and have a really good game against zebra, does that mean you're going to get pulled in or lead mm. the next man up? I mean, who knows? Probably a bit like the Romania situation. Probably not. I think they have, they probably at the start of a campaign in the head know when people go. If people go down, their next person up, their next, you know, they'll, they'll probably have a sort of um, you know draft order or whatever they whatever they're uh, thinking about it. So yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I, because I'm not saying that this is the situation with you. It was definitely the situation with me. But having been at different clubs and now being out of it older wiser and I'd love to have a coach and talk about it whether or not they'd be honest about it but it's a natural thing right you go into a room with 30 lads 40 lads you're not going to like some of them right regardless of what you say you just just won't like them like Vern regardless of what he may say publicly didn't like me I, I just I, I, yeah was that was that the handshake that the handshake where he's screaming at me everyone's spewing what's that, what's that the, yeah. you, not, you didn't shake his hand in the morning or something that was my last Italy game away. for Italy Italy away. Italy away well Gilco so Grant Gilchrist <laughs> has projectile vomited in the huddle before the game and I'm, I'm not even in the squad 
I've had an unbelievable campaign. Yeah. Unbelievable build-up. That's the final game. Grant Gilchrist is in the huddle as captain. Projectile vomits everywhere. Jim, you're in. So I literally put down my coffee. Fucking hell. Off we go. We go again. Yeah. Play against Italy. Beat them. Yeah. Last game for the World Cup in Turin. And think, well, we've just beaten Italy. I, I couldn't have done any more. I've got my hand up. Yeah. And then the next morning, there's a few lads that are real. It's five o'clock in the morning, and I can just hear, yeah! He's fucking going mad. I'm like, I'm thinking Finn's been out of the piss or something. <laughs> so I'm looking around, like, what's going on? He makes a beeline for me. And he's like, you should know better. And I'm thinking, I'd literally taken about, I had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, no idea. And he's like, you've played in France. I've got no idea what. So I'm like, what the fuck? And I hate being spoken to like a dog. And that's yeah. where I flipped. And then he took me out. So I said, who the fuck are you speaking to like that? Do you think I'm a dog? What has happened? He's like, You're, you should go around and shake everyone's hand when you come down for breakfast. I was like, but everyone's ill. There's loads of people. It's fucking five in the morning. What are you talking should have about? Should a fist pump, mate. And that a was a fist pump and anything. Again, I should have given him something. That, well, mate, it's like doing a triple roll against Zebra and, you know, making a line break. I don't think a fist pump would have shifted the <laughs> dial. Just didn't like me at all. Which is the way it is, isn't it? Like it that. Is, and, yeah. and when you're in a team sport, like, and you look, yeah, you just, and it's so hard, isn't it? Because you've got such a short window right, as in a 10-year career is a great career. Yeah. And you've got such a short window to make a difference. And you're playing internationally, as you know, like it doesn't get any better, does it? And when you're out of it and there's that desperation and you see it unfolding, it's so addictive. Yeah, So addictive, but something that you don't really have control over mm. you know it's just like judgment from yeah. the coach and like that 2015 world cup like i loved playing for scotland mm. and regardless of the amount of penalties i gave away and and whatever the, the the carnage i know that i could look myself in the mirror and say i couldn't have given any more to that team mm. i couldn't have given emotionally my body i couldn't have given any more i put my body on the line and yeah, it obviously spilled over many times, yeah. many times. But I try not to think about it too much because I get like fired up thinking yeah. about it. You know, when you retire yeah. and it's no, kind of, you, I, you'll never get that yeah. again. And even now I'm like thinking, would like, well, I, I definitely made a point of it when I played Romania to definitely make sure I was trying to take in like an international feel. Um, obviously it wasn't against like a tier one nation, but I remember walking off the field thinking maybe that, maybe that could be my last. Cause it wasn't going my way and, Maybe I was a bit naive in thinking if I got back into a bit of form for Edinburgh and playing well that I might be in a Six Nations score because sometimes it, they just, it goes in cycles and maybe it's a start of a new four-year cycle, whether I agree with it or not. Um, but I remember, just go on your point, I, I remember after finishing Romania and I think I got taken off five or ten minutes before the end, I think, just looking around and trying to take in that international field mm. because like you say, it just doesn't doesn't get any better than that. It is amazing playing playing international rugby, playing at Murrayfield, playing those big games, especially in the Six Nations, it's always... I've enjoyed. I know I haven't had um, many games in the World Cup. But I've I enjoy Six Nations more than more than my experiences that I've had at the World Cup. Anyway, I think playing in the Six Nations is the best competition. So so, cool. so good. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a funny one. You do. I think. Yeah, like you're like you're saying there. You will. You'll you'll miss it, and I'll I'll, hundred percent miss it. Mm. You know when. 
you're a player in the squad now and you're like, how old are you now? 32, 33? Yeah, 32. 32. Don't take that year off him, mate. Oh, well, that's an important year, <laughs> yeah, exactly. especially when it's, hey, he's, he's how old? He's, he's done. 28. 28 we'll Is it harder as an older athlete now, just like in general, the amount of load? Because I chatting to George Cruz, George Cruz retired yeah. at 30, 31, 32. Yeah. He was in the studio this week and Ben Young's had an unbelievable career, 34. Mm. And he's just said, oh, you know, like, I'm done. Could he have carried on? Probably the way that he plays, yeah. he could have carried on. But just the the reason why I'm asking is you look at the profile of the players, like Daffy Jenkins is 21, he's captain in mm. Wales. You've got Menoncello talking about him, Tommaso Menoncello for Italy, running around like that, he's 21, he's a kid. Mm. It's yeah. crazy. Like, the age profile of the lads now is a lot younger, right? And yeah, they're, coming, they're coming through much more conditioned as well. <clears throat> yeah, I think they're definitely... Going back to when I first got brought in, and probably when you first got brought in, it does seem that, which is a good thing because I would have loved it when I was younger as well. Because when you're playing at club rugby, when you're younger and you're on form, you feel like you're good enough to get into international rugby. But you almost have to play 50 caps for your club before they even think about you to get that recognition mm. to show that you can play at pro level. When really, if you if you if you're good enough, you're old enough, like Alex Ferguson. But like so like the fullback for Wales at the weekend played 15 times for his club and if he's playing well enough and good enough why not cap him early whereas when we were when we were younger it felt like you had to slog it for your club be in form for like consecutive years to finally get a shout mm. and I think it's a good thing that young young guys are getting brought through early obviously it's a bit gutty now when you're older and you, you think oh, I wish I wish I had one of the more old school coaches but then really it is a good thing that these if, they, if they're good enough play them and uh, I think it's um, I think it's good to to play the, play young players if if they are good. Yeah, is there a shift on the pitch now from back in my day? What's it like now with the fight for that gain line, Mish, which has always been your point of difference? Yeah. Them big carries in and around the tight channels, yeah. fucking monstering motherfucker. Yeah. You know, yeah. that fight for the gain line is it harder than ever now? Defense is so much better. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's one of those. It's definitely when I'm not playing. You think about it when when you're watching those games on the sideline mm. during the World Cup and stuff, and you're up in the stands. I always think you're up there and you're watching like, "Geez, we do that. We do that every week." Mm. You take something you have to be out of the game to think what you're actually doing. Um, so it's one of those things when I'm playing, you think about your strengths. You don't really think much to it. You do what you do and try and do what you do well. Um, definitely with the there's certain tackles that I won't like, and I think it'll be hard for me to get over the game line if teams are a lot tighter and you're running into brick walls and people are going high on you it's quite hard to to use your to use your leg drive or use, use your fend and stuff like that and that's definitely in the game now there's more teams doing that like choke tackle hold up tackle um sometimes going high before they actually go low um whereas traditionally obviously you always used to just chop and jackal or chop and the second guy go high um but yeah definitely watching it you sometimes think i can't I you can't believe you you do that or you did that. Oh, I um, didn't do that, Mish. But you, you know, you know, that. you know what I mean. It is um, it is it is um, the watching the games at the weekend, the first week of the Six Nations as well. It's just real physical, real physical game. People are getting bigger and bigger, aren't they? Mm. I think that's one one thing when you were talking about body body earlier and um, George Cruz saying that his body was a bit sore. I think I've been quite lucky because I am a bit lighter, I'm not like a proper a second rower. I feel like my body is still in quite a good spot. I've always been quite a good like runner. Um, a good athlete like I can keep running um, my joints feel quite good maybe that is because I'm a bit lighter but then obviously because you're a bit lighter you 
got 150 kilo second rowers now and you're like jeez that big that big boys have got 50 kilos on me or whatever 45 kilos on me it's um so it's quite it's quite a big weight difference but that's sort of one of those things that's never never really phased me but definitely i think players are still getting bigger when you thought it was impossible to get any bigger mm. what is it is it leg drive is that how i mean you should have coached me back in the day but you don't know, like when you're carrying right and it's going well where are you feeling it? Are you feeling it in the legs, like as you're going through? Is it just like it's chaos? Like especially yeah. how you carry, right? Yeah. As in, it's just like you're a, a, a crazed madman. And there's a few mm. carriers like that that play the game, like Ardi Surveyor. Yeah. And you hear him. He's go. <laughs> It'd be awesome to get mic'd up. I always remember Nick Williams back in the day. Can you remember him? Yeah. He'd like shake his head as well when he used to carry and make mm. all sorts of sounds. I think that definitely adds to their fear factor a little grunt maybe maybe we need to add more grunting when we carry but a horror to play against like you you know you just you come and you know it's like you're it's two or three yeah to stop you what's it like when you're going through like can you feel it yeah I think it's it's, I think anyone who who gets carries like it's it's a it's a good feeling when you know you've bumped someone or you know you've fended someone or got, got through a line got some gain line and I think it's something I think it's hard to it's hard to coach that because you do a lot of these ball carry drills. But you know what you would have known back in the day when you're doing ball carry drills. Are you? It's something you either good at or you're not. I always think. Don't get me wrong. You can get better. Courtney Laws. I think I heard him speaking about it the other day. He wasn't much of a carrier, and then towards the end of his career, he's one of one of the best carriers. Like with his, he probably used a bit more footwork and stuff mm. like that. So I think you can get better at it, maybe. But I think the the real physical carries. I think you either you either like it or you're either good at it or you're not. I don't know. I know that's not the I don't know if it's coached at your young age because at some point you'd have had to get good at it. Um, but a bit like it's a bit like tackling, I suppose. I think a, a lot more of the technical stuff you can you can coach like line out stuff and. But um, definitely for me, I think it's something I've been quite good at from a young age, and then always try to get better at. Yeah, the the them specific things you're 100 percent right. So when people say tackle technique, for example, you only have to look at Owen Farrell as much as he's trying to get lower. He ain't no. he ain't getting lower. Like he he will he'll get lower to the point where he's not doing headshots. Yeah, but but that low body chop tackle. And the he was Sam coach and tackle like that from a young age, probably of with the rugby league background and stuff like that. Like he, that's how he tackles, and yeah. it's so hard. At thirty two is Owen Farrell thirty two or something. Yeah. Like it's so hard for him. Then he's not, gonna, level, he's not going to suddenly start leg chopping, is he? Exactly. Like, and people think it is easy. People think, oh, just get lower. You know, you, when you're watching these games and there's the yellow cards and the red cards, mm. and you you've got these people on social media, which is trial by social media on some of these collisions, mm. oh, just get lower, just yeah. to, like, it's not, like, if only, yeah. if only they knew. Yeah. You know, and again, I went through my career, four shoulder reconstructions or four shoulder ops, two reconstructions, one each side, before I was 25. I thought, I couldn't tackle. I had to tackle with my tits. Yeah, yeah. By the end, you're having to tackle your chest. You can't. Literally, couldn't put your arms. Yeah. Couldn't put my arms out. And people yeah. are not aware of that. If you're like, nat- I'm going to say, if you're naturally gifted mm. to be able to, and people talk about Courtney Laws as a tackler. Mm. Oh, if he can do it, yeah. then anyone can do it. Well, yeah, he's no. tall. Why can't every tall exactly? Person? It's just it, it's and it is hard when you're tall though. Like if you're six foot ten, you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to leg chop me out. You no. get below my hips. No, and it's just it's just the way it works. You got. People of all different sizes playing rugby. It's like mm. Gilco. I don't know if you watched that Scarlet's game. Gilco's back-to-back yellow cards in the Scarlet's game. It's like it's hard. He's how how's he meant to keep getting low? If someone's running like low as well, it's different. If he if the opposite man's running bolt upright, obviously maybe Gil can get low. But if someone's running with the head down, Gilco can't get below that. Mm. So Mate, it is it is tough. Can, and it has, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. It's just part of 
Yeah. It's part of rugby, and it's that's why it's so hard to avoid mm. all these injuries because at the end of the day, it's a ridiculous sport, oh. isn't it? It's, it's Carnage. A stupid sport, basically. Carnage but, and chaos. Yeah. Uh, Gilco can fucking tackle a man. Yeah, he can. Oh He's my got a lot gosh. Of him. Mate, I'd say it's just like I know his technique, and he got he got sent off against France did he, last year. Mate, it's killed my career, Gilco. Oh yeah, because you came off as well. They brought you Kill off as well. Oh, that's that's side. Oh, I saw you coming off. Oh, I forgot. I forgot you came off as well. <laughs> came that off was like it. seven minutes. That was it. That was, was my return game. It's your fault. As well. That was your fault for not making the tackle. But he is absolutely monster Jalonch. And we're talking about an inch, right? There was an yeah, inch in it, yeah. and he put one in at the start of the game, and it was like oh, Scotland are on. Kilko yeah. set the tone, and then yeah. the next one went up, and then yeah. the tone was set. He got red card, and they brought Hamish off, and that was all she wrote. Yeah. Sadly. When you were talking about um, social media earlier, I remember you saying, um, I don't know if you remember this conversation, it was that 2015 World Cup. <clears throat> and I always remember, it was it would have just been Twitter back then, it wasn't even Instagram. And I remember you saying, um, why do these bloody people tag me at Jim Hamilton? I don't care, they can chat as much shit as they want. Just don't fucking tag at Jim Hamilton, you shit. Just say, just say Jim Hamilton's shit, not at Jim Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Why do I want to see that? Oh, no. <laughs> it's so true, I don't know why people it's like I always use the example with my brothers obviously I'm a, I'm a massive football fan love United and you get frustrated when players aren't playing as well as you think they should be but I'm never and having a conversation with your brothers with your mates in the pub and saying you know Marcus Rashford he wasn't very good today it's completely different mm. to getting on your phone tag at Marcus Rashford you know what I mean it's just I just don't understand why People do that because yeah. obviously you can slag off as much as you want. It's, you can do that. It's, it's your team. You have a right to think that players should be playing better than they should, better than they are. But when you pull out your phone, you're deliberately. It's not just a slip of the tongue. You're deliberately trying to make someone see that, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting space, isn't it? The social media stuff where my business, if you like, is on there. And you and part of growing a podcast or in the media is you need people to like it. If they don't yeah. like it, then. Yeah. It's obviously not going to grow, is it? If it's yeah. a shit product and people are saying, oh, it's crap or whatever. And it's the same as like when you're a player. Like If you constantly get in that and it's in your head. But the way that I think about it is like the negativity. Well, it's always less. So the people that comment. So most people are like us. If you're in a pub and you don't rate Emil Heskey, you're talking <laughs> to your mates about it, right? You're, yeah. not, you're not writing it on social media. But that's the way that people live now. They don't even speak. They can't yeah. have conversations. Yeah. So instead of having an interaction, they'll just put it up on there. Because if they get an interaction with it, that yeah. gives them the dopamine Tied hit. a bit of clout or something. Oh, it's, anything, it or, you know, or yeah. just interacts with it. It's, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a really Which interesting a weird, space. It's a, yeah, it's a weird world we live in. But yeah, people, like, you, like you say, you have to, you almost, it's like when players are trying to promote their, their brands now, mm. you you have to, you have to be on, like we all try and lower our social media and stuff like this, but it's such a big part of everyone's lives of, growing your companies, growing your sport, growing your teams, you sort of have to also buy into it. It's a crazy space yeah. to offer. Like, it really is like, on everything as individuals, like a business, whether or not you've got a beer business or you've got a podcast business or yeah. you're a team and yeah. you're a business and you look at all the social media stuff that they're having to do and they're trying to put it out there. Yeah. It is heaven and hell. Like, and it's, it's the Wild West, right? Because... Well, the kids are on it as well. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think kids should be. And I know there's a big thing in the news about it. I don't think kids should right, be on should social be media. Hundred percent. I can't believe it. I can't believe this. They're not. Well, when you hear about like young kids now having, obviously, you believe it can be there. When you hear about young kids now, like 
um, anxiety and mental problems and it's a lot apparently to do with social media mm. just I think kids yeah just I don't 100%. want my kids on social media like I think it should be um definitely there should be an age limit on it like I don't know what's a sensible age like 16, 16. or something when, but you, I, when just, can you smoke 16 yeah but I just don't think um it's so bad when you see young kids scrolling the whole time and obviously we do it and but I mean it's just it's um, so hard isn't it, it like is, that that because yeah. it's the social pressure at the school and and like if one if little Jimmy your kid's best mate's got it and you look like what sort of parent do you look like when they're going back being like oh but my best friend's got it, it just adds another pressure to it doesn't it and your, parent, your kids hate you even more I get all aggressive <laughs> with mine because I'm not I don't care because, I mean JJ was 12 when he got a phone which I still think's early right yeah. but he was one of the last ones out of his yeah, mates his, yeah, friendship group yeah. to, to get one my daughter's 10 going on 15 yeah and all they talk about is makeup on TikTok. And I'm like, makeup on what? Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, they're all, all, they're all on TikTok. I said, what, the age of nine yeah. and ten? And she's yeah. like, yeah. And then I'm chatting to Beck about it. And she's like, yeah, they're like, that's what they all do. That's how they yeah. like live there. And that's all they talk about at school. And then they've got phones. I was like, what, they got phones at school? Like the nine-year-olds? They're like, oh, yeah, they get them out after school. And then I'm like, well, I refuse to. I just go completely old school yeah. and just like put the hammer down and say you're not getting the phone until you go to secondary school. But then it's then it's that problem as well. You do you then look like a dinosaur and you don't want to be that. Re- if every other parent, if you're being overprotective, that's when your kids start to hide stuff from oh, no. you and try and buy like their own phone and then you don't even know about it. So like it's such a hard balance it, it because then crazy. you don't want them to hide stuff from you. Yeah. And if you're if the world's going in that direction, you can't be the only one left behind, or your kids the only ones left behind. So it's um. Yeah. To navigate through it, so that's why they probably need to. The government at some stage will need to step in and put a legal age on it. But I remember doing it. With, we didn't have phones. But I remember doing it with my parents when the old GTA games. Obviously, they were all eighteen plus and pretty graphic games. And mm. I remember one of my mates got it at like thirteen, and I was like, "Mum, I have to get this new GTA game. Everyone plays it. Like mm. one of my mate, one of my best mates plays it. I need the GTA game." And then I think we came up with a deal that, like, fine, and next Christmas you can have it or something. But it's just, it's it's the same sort of thing, I guess. But It's just so instantaneous, whatever they want. You know, you open the fridge, whatever you want. Same with us, you go online, yeah. whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You want to see something about makeup or music, you just, on the phones, and you get it. Yeah. And I don't know. Everyone's going through this, not everyone, a lot of people, society going through, trying to strip back, all of that stuff, aren't they? To try and find that kind of simpler yeah. life. Fucking simpler life. No chat yeah. is manic. I think having kids right now it's is tough, it? it is tough because, like, even food. As in, you know, you look at. Oh, I don't know. I'm being well, a bit you're, of a you're about to go and grocery shopping, aren't you? I was, I was, I was having having a word with my wife the other day. Like, so you look at your bills and like, how are we spending this much on just supermarket shops? Mm. It's crazy. And I was, we've come. We need a menu. You need to have a menu at the start of the week. Yeah, or otherwise, you're just in the supermarket every day just buying little top-ups and spending 50 quid every day. So yeah. it's just that's being organised, which I am not. I'm I know, so that's the problem. You, you, <laughs> so I'll go back on social media. You watch these families on Instagram and they have like their little Sunday meetings. Of They plan their whole week out. and the whole. I'm like, Luce, that can't be real. Mm. It can't, that can't, like, how no, do people have not. that time with that's three they kids? Hate they hate each <laughs> yeah, other. They hate each other.
kind of like you know you've seen that thing online about I think it's Chinese kid who's asleep like sw- swiping his phone yeah like that's me like, I'm checking my pocket like yeah. every and then I've I've got to kind of bring myself back in yeah then go and get in an ice bath and then do my breathing, then do my meditation, then do hum, mum, 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 mum. It's funny as well, because then you deliver, I found myself on the tube today, everyone's there like zombies as soon as they get on the tube, sit down and look at their phone, and you're like the last one to do it, so you're looking around and you're like, I'm going to be, I'm going to get a bit of my high horse here and just sit here like this and not get on my phone actually. And everyone thinks you're the weirdo for not having a phone out, for not having a phone out and everyone's got their phones out. It's crazy. Oh, it's mental. Um... Oh, do you like the red behind you? I keep looking. That's Man United. Red for Man United, yeah. That, I was going to put that, Scotland, that but I thought we'll leave it for now. Yeah. What's mine? Blue. Moon, blue, moon. <laughs> I'm a Man United fan. Man United. I was a Man United. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm a Man United fan till I die. Why are you singing Blue Moon then? Uh, because I just did it for the crowd. It's blue behind. Because uh, Man City are doing well. So, do you know Ben? Who Ben Foster is? Ben Foster, goalkeeper from yeah, Wrexham. Yeah, yeah. Got He's got his own yeah. podcast. Um, I was shouting to him yesterday. He was in the yeah. studio. He does a podcast. Yeah. Lovely bloke. Awesome. Yeah. He's got Ryan Reynolds Has he? on his podcast soon. Yeah, That's I mean, pretty cool. He's all fucking pretty cool. I said, is he coming here? He says, oh, no, I've got to go and do it at, at Wrexham. He's got to go and really? record there. But the football's mad. Yeah. Like So Ian Wright sits in this chair. They were saying... Um... Obviously, your, your big time studio here. They were saying Bill Gates was in here. As Bill well. Gates was in here with like as well. all the fifty security guards yeah. sort of walking through the Spotify studio. On the rest is politics. Yeah. He was on that one. John Major has been in this studio here. Uh, as I say, Ian Wright sits in this chair. Like it's like the podcast industry is just it's nuts, isn't it? Anyone who's anyone who's anyone who's anyone. Anyone What's thinks anyone who thinks they're anyone. Anyone, no, anyone who's anyone. Anyone, has anyone a, who's has anyone has a podcast now. Well, it's part of the trend, isn't yeah. it? But it's, yeah, it is, I don't know. Like, yeah, all the clubs think it's the way forward, yeah. but it's not an easy medium to migrate through because and, trying to hold a conversation down in 2024 yeah. is near on impossible. Well, and also because there's so many, because there's so many out there now as well. It's, and also people talk about, you know, we, we have, um, now you want just five second clips for everything, don't you? 10 second clips. So to try and get someone, listening to your Hooked. podcast for an hour and a half mm-hmm. at a time obviously long car journeys great for them uh the, my flight today i banged on a banged on a podcast the big gym show yeah. unfortunately it wasn't which one was it you know what it was um the dictators oh it's um today it was uh i don't know how i downloaded these ages ago today it was uh the adolf hitler dictator and it was talking about him and his last day in the bunker crazy really? so, so obviously a history one yeah the history yeah, I find those really interesting so I was listening to that obviously I know I, you know quite a lot about that period because you studied it when you were younger but um, it was like his last his last week in his in his bunker mm. and, and they were all doing cyanide and then he shot himself as well while he, after he bit into his cyanide and his, with his um, with his wife that he married two days before like in the bunker Eva Green I think there you go well you know the well, like history podcasts are, are way up the the charts that people listen to. Yeah. What do you think the number one podcast? The Big Jim Show. Uh, that's number two. <laughs> two hundred and two. Is it? I know. A while ago, it was Joe Rogan, wasn't it? Yeah. So Joe Rogan. So take out the, take out Rogan, but okay. like in the UK, oh, okay. what genre is the number one podcast? Do you think? I want to say sport, but it won't be sport. Will Sports it? like footballs in. I'm going to okay. say footballs two or three. Um, number one. At this at the moment, like mental health stuff or anything? No, nope. fitness and that would be in the top five, top tens. 
Divisive. You tell me. <laughs> Very divisive. It affects all of us. And when you talk about it, if you put anything out on social media, you're fucked. Politics. Politics. Yeah. So politics is the number. The rest the is UK politics as well. in the UK. The rest is politics is the number one podcast by some distance as well. Yeah, I listen to it occasionally. And I was chatting to so Tony, who's involved in Goalhanger, who re they record in here as well. They've got uh, the rest is football, the rest is history, which would be yeah, yeah. up there as well, and the rest is politics. And the irony is, I'm not really allowed to talk about politics. On your podcast, just in general, yeah, like as in because it's a bit it of a is, taboo, so... isn't it? No one likes to talk about politics. Nah, and which crazy. Way you, which way you it, are? Red and, and blue. That's hey, maybe this is why this was like the go. hook. You've gone red, I've gone blue. And it's crazy, yeah. Because only since COVID, I, I didn't, I've gotten like uneducated, right? I I know who Hitler is, of course. <laughs> uh, I know a little bit. I've got. I'm interested in history. Yeah. Never been interested in politics, yeah. ever. Like absolutely ever. Until COVID, obviously, where we all had an opinion yeah. and we were watching yeah. it unfold. But more so having children now and them being in school, like us living in Scotland, the tax around, all that stuff now. But I just think, I think it's important, right, mm. to start opening your mind to stuff that affects everyone and yeah. has such a massive influence. Instead of being like, oh, I don't like politics, it's divisive. I've doubled down the other way. Well, yeah, you, need to, you need to and know about it to be able to have a conversation about it. And, yeah, and I, I'm not at the point we're not here to talk about that. I, I didn't think it was going to go no, this way on the big gym I, show. I'm not going to lie, but I'm here yeah, for it. I know. Contextually, <laughs> I can't speak about it because I don't know enough. enough yeah. I've got a very loose opinion, yeah. but it might be absolute cowboy productions. You know, it might, yeah. And the minute you say, well, why has he got that blue yeah. behind him? Yeah. But it's uh, murky. Crazy, it is. I know when. Do you watch? Um, do you ever watch like any of the shows in America about politics as well? That's that's you. Mm. You think UK politics is divisive? American politics well, listen, yeah. is next level. I listen like, to podcasts on it, but how corrupt it is. You know that how Trump... well how corrupt it is, and just I think you you almost say what side if you're if you're a Democrat, you almost say that to a conservative, and they just won't even speak to you. Like, mm. it's, it's it's nuts. I think it's um. That's going to be when's that next year as well? Twenty twenty five, isn't it? That's going to be crazy. Should we get into a bit? Should we go? No, let's not. Maybe, no. Maybe, you, maybe you should start a, a side segment, and it'd be interesting. But you get people on who know a lot about it, and you don't know anything about you know it, what? and you can be the guy just quizzing these people on, so, on politics. Yeah, so it's quite interesting. You, you could bring the funny element, and they're actually being super serious, and you could sort of take the mick out of them a bit. Genuinely, I think there is a space for. Joke Politics for dummies. Yeah. So maybe Ryan Wilson can do it, not me. <laughs> but genuinely, to someone to come in and level with younger people and not people like me, I am, I'm belittling myself a little bit. Mm. I am well read. I listen to different podcasts. I do have yeah. an opinion. But almost be like, give us a 2024 round the table yeah. for simple people yeah. what it is. What is conservative? What is Labour? What else is there? Why does this not get done? Why does this not yeah. get done? Why is this promise that never happens? Yeah. And then just like really, really, and I'm sure it can happen. But also but... with a funny element to it, I think it would yeah, work. Yeah, actually, young people would listen to it and actually care about it rather than. There you go. No, that's you not for me. It. I'd be, I'd be too opinionated. I think. Wait, we'll bring it. You in, need, yeah. you need someone who can just mediate. Of course, maybe I could. Maybe we could do it in here. Well, John Major sat in this. Chair, yeah, I've seen it, seen it out there before. But the if we bring it back to a little bit more our level, have you seen? <laughs> yeah, get, let's get off this quickly. Have you seen Eric Cantona's doing a a music tour? Yeah, he's, do, he's, he's coming to Glasgow. Yeah. Is he actually? What a nutter! My, my dad, um, my dad texted me about that the other day. I think. Oh, my, my, my. Should we go and see it? 
Eric Cantona. Man, I love football. So back to Ben Foster. Sorry. Yeah, so he was here. We were, were chatting about football, and I was like, "Oh, mate, you played for for Coventry." I, fuck, I was like, "No, he didn't." Did he? He didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> but what? Like, football's massive. So did he right? call you up on it? Or did he just no, go he with did, it? Mate, he was a, what a gent. He was so absolutely he just went with it. amazing. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, Coventry. Yeah, he might have just said, "Yeah, you know." He said Highfield Road. I was like, "Yeah, that's the one. I lived on Highfield Road back in the day." But football's massive, hey. And yeah. we've got a few. I chatted to a couple of people in the company, and they were like, "I just don't get it." I just and I'd love rugby to get not to the tribalism that that's got, but um, like the NFL's happening. Mm. Is it this week? Sunday? Sunday. Have you the, the chaos around yeah. it is awesome. Yeah. It's like this circus. It's wicked. You've got the Kelsey brothers doing a podcast live. Talked live. About earlier. Yeah, they're so cool. And how nuts is it when all all you said um, earlier to me when we were just having a tiny little chat before? You went, all right, all, all right. right. And I was like, he watched the Kelsey podcast, right don't now. you? But all how right. funny is that? Just yeah. for that one, I don't even watch it that religiously. I watch like maybe like we were saying earlier. I don't tune in for the whole thing. I watch little snippets on YouTube. So I might watch half an hour a week of their podcast. And um, just from you saying that one thing, I was like, "You watch the Kelsey podcast." All right now. So there you so, go. You need you need something like that. A little. A little yeah. what's well, your, what's I used your... to go, "All righty then," <laughs> um, and I've just changed it to "All right now" because they're so fucking cool. I mean, <laughs> that a boy. I always say that. Yeah. They've said that they um well. they just play off each other really well as well as co like Jason Kelsey's a bit more of the laid back like everyone's man sort of guy you know like mm. uh, doesn't look so much like an NFL player do you know what I mean no, neither of them do have you seen Travis Kelsey with his top off yeah I, custard mate not I might, I not, say, that, I might um, not have seen him with his top off I saw his arm his arm didn't yeah, look that I heard big. that the other day because he was saying about how he I was watching um, something on Instagram earlier social media and he said uh, that he he benched something like 315 pounds and we, we obviously don't deal with pounds I was trying to work out what that was and he, apparently that's the only time he's hit it in college but it's funny those athletes are just, and what was that in KG's well, two twenties, two twenties, a hundred, isn't it? Let me ask. What's three hundred and fifty pounds in kgs? One forty. Oh, it's decent. One fifty-eight, so one sixty. Okay, that's decent on the bench. Yeah, so he, he's still. Pretty oh, so you, no, no, mate. But he said he only hit that in college, and he's never hit it since. What have you done? What's your? 170. Oh, I, I knew it was a one. I was going to say 175. He's <laughs> in the 170. <laughs> but they've got it right, as in the way that yeah, they've done it. I did. Cool I, I saw something. And it was a great way. They were talking about like masculinity, about being men, right? Yeah. In a in a sport like that, where you've got to be a fucking yeah. man yeah. to be able to do what they've done, but they just do it so well. You know, like you can see that brotherhood with their brothers, the love that they've got, love they've got for their family, how happy they are. Yeah. Like they're just real, and that's why mate, yeah. they're the number one podcast in the world. I reckon. And at the how cool is it when um, Jason Kelsey is just like just been knocked out with with the Eagles and then he's there watching his brother taking his shot getting shot. steaming watching his brother yeah. Taylor Swift sat next to him it's, it's so like, cool. what a story and the wife what the wife says to him like uh, oh just behave yourself you know there's going to be Taylor Swift like in in the same box as us and he's there next minute with top off he's, he's apparently with the Bills doing the tailgate mm. and stuff like that just um, like, like we were saying before he just seems like a pretty pretty cool guy yeah it's it's so cool like they've got the blueprint as we know and I just hope we get to a point. Like, if if we put the U USA World Cup in eight years' time, seven years' time, it'd be awesome to get to a level where there is a bit of that glitz and glamour yeah. and a bit of chaos. Yeah, there. You know what I mean? I, we, and you need to you need the Americans to get on board at some point. I know it's not quite kicked off in the way we all were hoping with the the American League, but you need you need that population to get. Mm. What is it? Three hundred thirty million. You need like. 
to try and just get some of that population into rugby because you know what they're like consumers and they'll they'll buy everything they'll they'll just help the sport grow and grow and grow so i just think you need we need to try and capture that market mm. because uh like anything with baseball caps anything you're trying to sell that's that's where everything sells in america yeah so they with america like the two biggest markets are usa and japan yeah like if you look at them two markets and this isn't me researching it's my my mate, my boss James Rothwell was talking about it earlier and he was like, They're the two target markets really yeah. from commercial opportunities yeah. and also participation, interest and just scale. Mm. You know, they're the two markets that you need to hit. And Japan's a difficult one because of the language. Yeah. But to make it in the US you make it in the USA, you make it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. In anything. Make but it I in America. The, I guess the problem is like if you're a young kid and your dad loves American football and baseball. Like, how do you get like if your son suddenly went to you? I'm I like rugby. Like, yeah, but the son, I I, I watch American football. And baseball. Mm. It's so hard. Like, how it do you is. how do you get that sport to grow? Because normally in their rugby teams, it is sort of like the the college guys who haven't quite made it in American football, haven't quite made it basketball, baseball, whatever. And then they try rugby. You, to, for it to, it's, you're looking like 20, 30 years down the line. Cause you need kids to actually pick rugby over over that. Well, and that's a, over any other sport, like you do, need to pick that first almost to get really for America to get really good at rugby. Hence, why the million pound euro dollar contracts need to be there. Yeah, why would you choose rugby when when you make it in any other sport? You're going to be what they make, well, ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous sums of money. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. It's like yeah, like realistically, if you make it, you know, even if you make it in basketball and you go over and play in Europe, you don't quite make it into the NBA mm. or you're playing NFL and you don't make it in that league but you can go to Canada yeah. and play or go over to Europe and play you're yeah. probably making more money yeah well, now, in col- now in college you're getting paid as well so even if you probably made it in college you make as much in there or yeah. build enough of a profile up than you would in if you went to go and play rugby in America yeah I'd love to see Did you watch that Johnny Manziel no Netflix doc you need to watch that it's amazing I don't have time man. so good I'm on to this true detective today yeah Matthew McConaughey and is it Woody Harrelson yeah, I haven't seen it. Boobs and guns. That's what that's nice. what the lads have said. Sold. Yeah, they were like, mate, get it in. <laughs> a real man show. I was like, all right, I'll get on to that. We just so, finished uh, Traitors. Yeah. Mate, how have you got time to watch it? Oh, you're still an athlete, aren't you? Well, I what me and my miss have been watching one one show a night at the Traitors. So Off we, your we phones. Were, we were a bit, so phones we were away. A bit behind. Phones away. Yeah. How annoying is that when yeah when they phones get away the phones when you're watching like a movie? So I like to be a hundred percent committed to it. But the problem with that one, I found myself pausing and we were talking for it the whole time. So mm. it takes like two hours to watch one episode because we we're always constantly pausing and chatting about it. But um, yes, yeah, it is tough to watch watch stuff. I don't I don't watch a massive amount of series. Like I'm normally YouTube. I'm bad for YouTube. Like whenever, even if I'm cooking, I'll be chuck on like thirty minutes of YouTube. Or even if like the kids have eaten earlier and I'm I'm cooking for us, I'll always I'll always have it there. Or even if I'm eating by myself, I have YouTube on. It's it's not good. Yeah, it? that, it's a shift. Like we watched, we got through a show the other night uh, on Netflix. It's the one around, is it the Band Aid, where they did the song "We Are the World, We Are the Children." Michael yeah, Jackson sings it <laughs> to make a better place for the children. <laughs> uh, but they've got like, so it was back in the nineties. So Lionel Richie's, it might have been before that, but they've got Lionel Richie, Tina Turner, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, uh, Bob Dylan. Geldof, like the best of the best music artists, and they come all come together to sing this song for children in Africa, yeah. like the famine. And it, it's a, a, like an hour and ten, 
same thing. We're pausing it. I mean, the missus to talk, phones out, Googling, yeah. are they still alive yeah. or not? Is it straight to your phone? Yeah, but most of them are dead, unfortunately. Really? Yeah, all the greatest, eh? Yeah. Just, I mean, most of them natural causes, like Tina Turner and and these, but... It yeah. is sad. You get a lot of um, like lots like sportsmen dying recently as well, haven't they? Like a lot of the old school like United players and yeah. just legends rugby after legends, well. rugby players, yeah. just legends after legends, isn't it? It's just, just that generation, and yeah. it? it's uh, yeah. That's when you know. Like, I mean, I've just turned forty now, and it's kind of you get to that stage, you know. <laughs> yeah, not me, but the grandparents and like 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 you say, like legends, like like I don't know. Chandler went out a different way, like Matthew Perry. Yeah, how he went out, but like the older people, but like people that you've grown up with, mm. you know. And it's kind of there going. And yeah. You see it like the music industry, and obviously the football. I'm a massive football fan as well, and you start seeing them. Yeah. So you are a cop fan, aren't you? No, kind of. Why? No. What? Well, I lived next to Cough City. Yeah. So when I was English back in the day, like I lived right next to that stadium. So when you Cough can still could, be Scottish and support Coventry. All right, well I am then. Uh, no, I, don't, I support Man United. Like as in, I was Man, so who's Man your, United. Who's your SPL team then? Oh, um, I'm, my ladders say Hearts. I would go Rangers. Just I don't know. Ali McCourse, I love Ali McCourse. Yeah, there you I was go. sat next Ali to his mate on a plane. Yeah, he's such a legend. I sat next to his mate on a plane on the way up from. Well, I was over in Paris, and his best mate. And uh, he was like sat there smashing down the gin and tonics. And honestly, I'm out. I've just been over to see Sia Khalees. I'm fucked. And then again, he's like, oh, big man, big man. He's like, oh, I know you, I know you. I was like, and then he, kept, he said, oh, I'm mates with Ali McCoist. I was like, well, why does that mean that like, <laughs> I do know Ali loosely. Yeah. And then he gets into it. He's in business with Ali and stuff like that. He's smashing the G&Ts yeah. in. Anyway, like, like we'd share a few stories or whatever. Legend of a bloke. And then Ali McCoist drops me uh, a, oh, I'll play you actually. I think it's fairly, uh, <laughs> it's fairly PC. So I'm at home like that. And I've got home, same thing. Like, like I promised I wouldn't be on my phone. And I get a phone call at like uh, at midnight. I don't, I'm like, Ali McCoy, I, I got it. I didn't answer it. What did he say? Well, I can tell you right now, if that's him after one journey tonic, there's no help for any of us. Mate, I hope you're in top, top form. We will catch up soon. I'm going to no do that if I fall again. What a lad. Oh. And hey. you've got to be pretty big time if you're turning down calls from Ali McCoy. I know, it was half eight. Matt, I bet I've been travelling. So, like, that the commitment is, uh, to the family. That's big. That's um, big. We're trying to get him on the show. Like, he keeps, like, we keep missing each other. He's like, oh, oh, come on. Yeah, take it right. hot. Yeah. Is that right? What jacket is it? It's a Belsoft jacket. Yeah, take it off. Jeez. How long we got? Are we good? Nice yeah, put it there, mate. You're good, mate. It's unedited anyway. Oh. Filtered. Uh, what a, a legend. Yeah. He, he's, uh, oh, what, like, gen anyone you speak to, don't it's smiling from here. Yeah. They don't yeah. have a word to say. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a bad word to say about him. Like, yeah. he's, uh, he's wicked. Because I, I, I had him pitch side at the World Cup and him and, Jimmy Nesbitt came on. Jimmy was yeah. oh, absolutely slippered. Uh, hilarious. And then the next day I went and met some of them for like a few beers. Like Jason Fox was there, um, Ali, Kenny, 
and they, then they so they left. So Ali McCoyston, the boys left to go and get a train from Paris back to London, and apparently Ali McCoyston no train to like he just presumes someone's getting him a train ticket <laughs> so he's turned up the train station they're all beeping through and he's like looking around and then they were saying about these stories where like he's turned up to this function like the week before packed his bag in the dark or whatever and he's got a pair of shoes like different colored shoes <laughs> wrong colored shoes and then that was the thing at the world cup because that's what we're talking about i looked down his feet he had like a pair of like these horrendous trainers that, that were like four sizes too small for him like li- yeah. dotting about my feet are in bits because he did the cycle as well didn't he, he did, did the cycle because i we saw him um guys who weren't playing bumped into him as well during the island game at half time and he was uh he had a few beers and he was on he's on flying fourth, legend got a hug off him yeah good lad he loves the ball like yeah he does he's, what... like he likes rugby doesn't he, yeah, he yeah. Rugby. yeah he's gonna come on but I, I was asking him so when we sat around his mate we were talking about like football back in the day and this is comes down to like the tribalism right yeah. as in you just engage everyone like i watched the liverpool arsenal game at the weekend yeah. right so yeah. arsenal were on fire so yeah. we're 3-1 yeah. or whatever and i'm watching it um in the cotswolds of all places in the pub and you're watching these established gentlemen and they're there with the families and stuff like that fucking getting fired up like just like if there's a missed pass not going there yeah. like they're fucking yeah they're just it's like crazy they just turn into like wild men and women do it you see yeah it is it's funny when you like, i love that's what when i said we talked about going down to wembley like with me and my family i, I love going it's, it's so weird it's like an old school thing isn't it mm. you can almost go to the football you feel like you're a different person don't you, you all best are green off. street it doesn't, thing, yeah, it? yeah it doesn't matter what your job is you might be a lawyer you might be whoever like you, but you go down to the football you lace your shoes up for a football a football game and you're a, you're a different beast especially united city at wembley um, that's what it is that, yeah. was a, that was a mega day oh, me and the missus first movie we watched was green street which is that one where they're yeah, like yeah, lawyers yeah, and stuff know, yeah. that's the one isn't it and then they all fight in yeah, the weekends yeah. but that's what i remember living in cov was the stadium there the old highfield road one yeah and then i lived like in the road adjacent to it and i just i was a young kid so what was it eight nine yeah just to watch them scrapping so cov city aston villa yeah. was the one and the song was we hate villa, we hate villa. <laughs> so i'm there like singing it just because you're an impressionable yeah. young whippersnapper yeah. at six foot five at the age of eight <laughs> so they're all trying to scrap me as well but it was yeah like they just bet- lost cov just lost in the playoffs didn't they last season yeah against luton McAllister. No, Gary Pallister. Pallister. Fucking McAllister. <laughs> Steve Bruce. I'm moving up the team. Ryan. Well, you're going a bit further back there. Yeah. Though. Oh, yeah. Gary McAllister. Yeah. He managed Cov. Um, Roy Keane. Yeah. Roy Beckham. Keane Roy Keane's so good as well. Solskjaer. Andy, Andy, Cole. Yeah. He hits it. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, uh, Dwight York. Who else is up front? Even Ruud van Nistelrooy. Yeah. That generation. Hit me with some more. May. Is it David May? That was that was before that. 
Was it Wes Brown? Mate. Wes Brown? No, no, that was after that. That was well. He played in the night. That, that's the thing, though. He played when I I did a thing with him up at Murrayfield when they were doing the United Leon game. Okay, we had to name yes. the United starting team at the '99 Champions League final, mm. and we had to name it for the '09 one as well when we went out in Moscow. Was that '09? Testing you there. Um, but anyway, we had to name the 99 team. The funny thing about that, Wes Brown was like on the academy deal, and he played. He played in the '99 Champions League final. I think really? he was on the bench. Yeah. And um, but like, so he he was in that era as well, which is nuts when you think about it. Mm. He was around for ages. Yeah. And he was a United lad, an absolute United legend. Yeah. But um, yeah, but they, they were yeah. they were the times, weren't they? Yeah. We, we sort of. I, I, we probably just missed out on them to fully enjoy it. But well, it was after that where they went even bigger, didn't they? With <clears> Neville <throat> and then Nicky Burt. Paul Scholes, yeah. oh, it was a canter. Well, when, and when when you had Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney, like we would have, we of course, yeah, that was the next level. Yeah. ones, so good. We were them. I can't even say we there. I feel like a right fraud. I do like football. I, I'm, I like Liverpool. I like Klopp and stuff at the minute. I I, I thought. I, so I, hang on, I, hang on, hang on. So you're not a United fan. I can't. You're be. not. Yeah, you're not. A United fan. I, I, I couldn't mention them in the same sentence really? as United. Okay, no, well I'm, I'm you're honest. Not, yeah, you're a football. I fan. I follow people. You're a football fan. I'm, I'm a people yeah, fan. Yeah, well, there you I go. do. For yeah. every United fan out there, that's just heard you praise United and then just go straight afterwards. And I like Klopp and Liverpool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fraud. But this is this is how easily I'm sold. So Klopp does his interview right oh, Klopp does his interview and then I'm like actually I'm going to go and have a look at the jerseys for a little I didn't buy one but sold up a river but I like Man City as well because I like Oasis <laughs> Man, I like Oasis see, as well I'm shocking I hate Oasis Stone, what do you mean Stone Roses oh my but god but that's the problem Oasis iconic songs don't get me wrong I sing along to them in my head when I hear them but I can't is it that deep-rooted that you are red? You're a red devil? United fans of Stone Roses. Don't get me wrong. If you're from Manchester, that music scene that went on in the late 90s, mm. don't, deep down, every United fan will say, Oasis are mega and their songs are amazing. But when you're There's no but. but you pretend. There's you no pretend but. it's only the Stone Roses in Manchester. There is no but. I. But you've just said you like United, Liverpool and City. I'm a football <laughs> you're fan. You're a football fan. Yeah, I like creative people <laughs> as well. You may as well say you're, but that's the best thing. You say you're a Cov fan and you can you can watch whoever you want in the Premier League. Yeah, So I would go back to Cov and Hearts. Uh, and then, then you can just support the Premier League. Yeah, I'm so flaky with it. <laughs> I'm not that loyal. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Moved around clubs, I'm not loyal. But I tell you now... My dream, and I, so I've got because I'm getting old now. So I've got the watt bike that I absolutely hammer, yeah. but I've got a cross trainer as well. Fucking expensive bit of kit. Yeah. Cross trainers, so right? It's a watt bike as well. Yeah, but like, mate, I tell you now, no, I paid the watt bike. Did you? Got that? Mate, I love the watt bike. Hammer yourself on it. No, it. yeah, it's because you don't get the scores, miss. You're too small. Well, that's that is true as well. The taller you are and heavier you are, you, you can smash watt yeah. bike times. Can't you? Need, you, need, you need a big heart as well. You need a big heart. But I go on that. <laughs> And I'll listen to a bit of music, but on the cross trainer, I'll watch YouTube and I'll watch concerts. And this stemmed from COVID. So when we were all bored during COVID, I just put a concert on yeah. with the missus in bed, drinking bottles of gin and tonic on my own. But <laughs> oh, <good>. unreal, <laughs> unreal. Mate, they were the days singing to the yourself. Best, the best days. Oh my God, it was uh, so bleak. But I watch Oasis concerts when I'm on the cross trainer. And every time, it's just like they, well, in my mind, they're getting back together. I would love Oasis to get back together. I had a, a guy called Gordon Smart who actually was Scottish. Like you might know Gordon. He, he does um, a lot of media stuff for Scottish. And he's worked with Noel Gallagher and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, yeah he thinks one day, once the money runs dry and they, get the, and they get the divorce out of the that's way. That's the problem though, isn't it? Like you get all these amazing bands that then come back together and they just don't sound the same. What, like, give like, me, what like Westlife? 
It's not the same. No, or Boyzone. You, 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 you get people who are still touring when they probably shouldn't be. And like, they're just not, they don't sound the same. They're not as good as when they once were. Mate, they are. Think? Their songs are so easy to sing. Yeah, they're, they're you know, like, they don't. They're, they're karaoke songs. Yeah, they're they're can, anyway, like, yeah. they can get up there and just like let. The, Let crowd the crowd sing. The crowd would sing it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like it'd be more about them come back together and making yeah. a bit of money. It's like like Robbie Williams. I thought Robbie Williams was a bit of a karaoke singer. I went to watch him live. Nah, yeah. he was unbelievable. Lean, unbelievable. He was great. I love music. Music, I would say, is my n- number one interest in yeah. terms of like in spe- Like I'll be googling different things. See, I love I love music. I'll always be listening to music. But if someone, you know, when someone asks that thing, what's your favorite genre? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea what my favorite. I like, yeah, I love, I'm pretty easy. Like, mm. Do you know what I mean? Do you have do you yeah, have yeah, 100%. You wouldn't be able to say what your favorite genre is, I'm a bit of hip-hop. Yeah, I like DJ Look and MC Neat. Like, I would listen to yeah. them. Like, wow, wow, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. I'll listen to, I don't know, John Mayer and these American some con- bands. Some country music. Is that, yeah, country yeah. music's good at the minute. Yeah. Luke Coombs would be cool to get on the podcast. Really cool. Yeah, I, I, um, I heard him on the Watch podcast the other day. Mm. He's, um, yeah, seems like a good guy. You listen to podcasts then, a lot of them, there yeah. you go. Not rugby ones. Though. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> but it's, it's so funny, isn't it? Like, I've got, obviously, mates who listen to rugby podcasts the whole time, and they're like, oh, did you did you hear him on Jim's pod the other day, or whatever it was? And I'm like, lads, I, no. I, pl- I play rugby every single day. Like, mm. rugby's big, big enough part of my life, the last thing I'm going to do is go home and listen to a two-hour rugby podcast. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, if you're not, if you been work all day you are going to flick on a two hour rugby well they need to freshen it up a little bit don't they like make them a little bit more interested instead of like generic and because the game's so hard and so technical politics in, in this. yeah chuck some politics in there chuck some politics and some rugby lads that we'll be thrown and business business one Cruzo yeah. gave us loads on the podcast about his business and look good bloke actually as in how he's I went out I said I went out for dinner with him he's gone down this what do they call it holistic Approach, yeah. He's got this uh, CBD yeah, company, yeah. What's it like vitamins, CBD? four five, four five stuff. But they've got they're talking about these mushrooms and stuff like that as well. Yeah, music, it's a way, it's a way to go, isn't it? At the moment, like music and mushrooms, music and shrooms. Yeah, <laughs> I don't um, even know if you can take them here. Mushrooms, as in, like, are they legal? Well, the, the, the stuff that the, the companies are making, oh, they've, of got, course. they've got mushroom ex- extracts, extracts in them and they're not yeah. actually just taking shrooms. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the... <laughs> Hallucinating to a wall for four yeah, hours exactly. every night. Yeah, we were talking about it. Some of the like people who've taken these mushrooms, it's like they, you know, you go and see a concert and like the people on stage, like their hair's on fire yeah. and like their eyeballs are... I don't, like for me, I'm not, not like attracted that. No, to that. I'd be I'd like freaked being, out. Yeah, even when you get a bit too, have too many pints, you're not in control. But yeah. the, being that out of control of seeing... You there were like five heads. If like I'm, I, I, I couldn't do that. I'm the and same. it's the thing not knowing. They say you don't know when you're going to get out of your trip and stuff. Mm. So I've, I'm. Yeah, I've had a few mates who've who've tried them, and when they've been over to America as well. And when I was in Colorado in the summer with the missus, and we speak about like trying different things and yeah. just you know keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> freshen things up, back. You know, fall back in love. Might might know? not be the thing. Yeah, fall back oh, in love. Let's take some shrooms. Gosh, my lover. And uh, we said so in Colorado. They've got uh, so I think weed's legal, and they've got like gummy sweets. I was in yeah. in Aspen, like the, the the most premium of premium places you can go. So I imagine they're pretty legit. And I was like, when we go, I said, you know, let's try some. When the kids are in bed, we'll get some gummies. Got the gummies, 
fuck it, get to nine o'clock, we're absolutely fucked. It's like, there's, you've got the four kids. I said, we're probably best not to because there's bears knocking about outside. There was a bear that passed the window. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think we should, just in case. Do you, you know what I mean? Start opening the door and letting the bear come inside. In, come <laughs> in. Exactly. But I would, I'm keen. So you didn't take them? Where are they? Uh, we left them there. We left them there. I didn't. I didn't have the bollocks to bring them back just in case nah. something happened in the bag. You should be safe with four kids going through security, but you know, <sighs> put them on one of the kids. Exactly. Put them in the kids' rucksack. I am keen though. I am in this space, Hamish, where which it probably isn't like me. I'm not. I'm not trying to load of drugs. I'm not saying that, but I'm keen to experience different things. Well, the UK know? Joe Rogan. You're whacking out spliffs on your podcast. He's just talking about politics. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to the LA studio actually in a couple of weeks. Apparently, you can oh, really? do what you want in the studio. Really cool. Yeah, I'm not going to do that there. And is it is it similar to this or bigger or bigger? Uh, this I don't know. I imagine it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So I'm going to try and line up an interview. Well, I have lined it up. We're just getting our diaries aligned. But there's a, a girl called Madison Levi, Maddie Levi, who plays for the Sevens Australia team. Mate, athletes. Yeah. You want to see these girls playing sevens. Mental. You talk about the growth in the women's game. Yeah. Look at the sevens, mate. You've got like these 400-meter athletes yeah. going around, putting their heads in the spokes. I watched the final, like Ireland, Australia. It's a big shift, right? As in there's a load of rugby to watch. But because Rugby Pass TV are streaming all the games, like you go on there and have a look. They have the Perth sevens. Mate, these women are phenomenal athletes. And she's, she's going to be a superstar. It's just really interesting to see yeah. like how that transferred, like where they see well, it's the, not the direction it, no, of it. But that's a it's another side of sport. When we talk about the growing we talk about Japan and America and we like the men's game or rugby in general needs to get into that. But the women's game at the moment as well, that's that's flying as well. It's another part of sport that everyone's trying to get into. Yeah, of course. Agents, everything are trying to get into women's yeah. sport because it's the next the next thing that's growing massively, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, everyone's speaking about it. And it's like one of them where I'm not too sure like how to contextualize stuff when we're speaking about so I, I, te- I tend not to say too much like i wear my i speak honestly and wear my heart on my sleeve like talking about interviewing madison levi unbelievable athlete but one thing's for sure like i've got the girls at home like beck played sport at a very high level i've got two girls as well yeah. and you want that level playing field don't you it does feel and which it is and this is the same thing when I went to South Africa on a completely different thing to do with how they as a country changed after Nelson Mandela, there was this kind of forced upon shift yeah. in terms of politics and government and like people in positions of power where it took a, a while for it to balance out. You know, it took a while for the country to balance out. And, you know, South Africa is what it is. They've got loads of issues going on but this sports space and the media and stuff like that and the stuff that's happening on there like Joey Barton fucking hell great mate crazy he's dangerous he's, well, he's fucked himself isn't he? do you know what I mean the way that he's gone about it but it's trying to have them com- conversations right about what's authentic where is the growth what direction does it go in? Because it still feels like oh, I can't say anything, you know. Because it feels like, regardless of what you say, it's 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 yeah. it's not right. It's not wrong. It's kind of like, what are you? Well, doing? it's another thing that's still pretty divisive, isn't it? Divisive is the word. It's another yeah. one with politics, like women's sport, and of course, whether you whether you're for or against it, people are always on the other side. And mm. I think it's again, if you you can't say anything, because it is divisive yeah. still. But one which, thing, it, which it won't be eventually. No, it won't be eventually. But I I'm a, in sport. What is sport? Sport is athletes, okay? People, like sport, and I've had this before. If you were to ask people 
in the street, and this is a survey that's been done globally, I think, what is the number one thing people want to do? I would be like, oh, music, because I love music, mm. to be an actor or an actress. Mm. Sports, the number one. Oh, yeah, most people say play. Most sport. people say play, which is crazy. Never played it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sports, number one. And the irony is, is you're probably going to be retired when you're 35. Yeah. So you've only got a 15-year window of doing one career, whereas music and film and all these other crazy yeah. industries, you can go until you go. And that's it. Yeah, there's very few sports that you, you're retired and you're set, isn't it? You look uh, yeah. at American sports and football, basically, in this country. Mm, of course, but then we're in it. So we probably look at other things and we go, oh, that'd be good to do. Yeah. Like, that'd be cool. Like, football, yeah. uh, sorry, like, music would be cool or to be Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt would be cool. Yeah, well, it's funny because you, you say, it's when you, like, you meet people. I'm, I met a few people over the summer who are CEOs or ex-CEOs of these big finance firms and companies and it's one of those things they they wish they would have played rugby and want to be you, but you're mm. coming towards your, the end of your sporting career and you're like, trust me, you've got a lot better. We wish you were you. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's so funny that all those people, and like you say, it is the number one thing that people are saying because as, as you know now, after rugby and stuff, you'd, we'd, we'd rather be them probably. But, mm. but the things with the, with the sport, and that brings me back to being able to talk about it, the reason it's sport is because you're an athlete. Because yeah. of because of what one human can do in an arena, yeah. in a coliseum, in a theatre, yeah. you know, like that. Yeah, that's a solid thing, the coliseum. Oh, the does he talk about it? Well, it's but true it, though. It is no true. One, no it's, one, anyone who's outside the arena or watching, you don't know what it's like. There you go. And Still. we know that feeling, right? Yeah. And I know that feeling. So when we talk about like sport and, and the growth of sport, actually being there, don't you? Yeah, the authenticity of the sport lies around the athlete. Okay, if you've got people that are athletes doing it and you're like, wow, wow, mm. then organically and authentically it will grow and there'll be an interest, you know? Like that's why, you know, you look at the Olympics and stuff like that and the more, sounds crazy, the more athletic the event and the more wow, the 100 metres, fast people, yeah. boxing, big massive men, heavyweight boxers, yeah. they're the biggest draws because not only is it about doing something and doing the sport and inclusion and taking part, the real growth and the real interest lies within, fucking hell, I could never do that. Yeah, it's, a like, wow, yeah, the, it's, it's the, the wow factor, the wow and that's yeah. it. You know, and when you look at the tennis and you're watching them, whap, 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 yeah. the speed of it, it's yeah. like, it's not just tennis. It's not tennis in slow motion. It is tennis at the yeah. full-on speed, as in... Four and, it, half, four and a half hours. <laughs> and that's what it is. And I think that that is where... The interest lies and the growth lies, and you know, women's rugby might get to that point one day, and and they're putting all the resources in that to yeah. make it happen. But it's you like, know? you have to, and the problem is with all the unions that are facing now, you have to spend a lot of money to make money, and that's that's why they've probably not done it sooner because they mm. realise it's going to be a massive investment to get women's rugby out. And there. that's the elephant in the room, right? Because it rugby is, is struggling for cash, and but and yeah, exactly, yeah. And, it, and it's. I'm sure you can look into the SIU figures on it, but like the amount of money you have to put into it to grow the sports, but we need to do that. And it might take, I don't know how many years for them to make money, but they will if it's if it's out there and yeah. if they're giving a good product out. What it needs, yeah. you need to spend a lot of money. There you go. And what it needs to align with is also the sponsors. So if sponsors are saying, right, what are you doing in the women's game? Okay, so say we've got a million pound, say, to sponsor the Men's World Cup. Well, if they really mean business, if they really mean business... Mm then they'll marry that up with the same. If, if it's about specifically their, whatever they call it, 
um, not return of investment, but it's like their mantra as a company that we're going to do the same for men and we're going to do the same for women. Yeah. We'll show us some money then. If yeah. that's what you're going to do, yeah. put put the amount of money in. Yes, you're not going to get the same eyes and the same demographic of people. Yeah, but, and but you that, also need to do that now as well, don't you? Well, they, they do in America. They do like yeah. as in American sports and investment into the colleges and universities, like the rugby program. There, it's a dollar for a dollar, dollar mm. for the men, dollar for the women, mm. that goes in. But it's like that's the thing with rugby is like the that no one's speaking about, and I don't know enough about it. And you know, we'll, as we go through the year and the years, we'll chat to more people about it, but. If there's part of the men's game that's dying and there's no money in it and they're throwing money into the women's game, like there's a gamble there and it's a gamble that society says you have to take in that and commercially, well, let's see if the money comes in and hope it does come in. Yeah, you know, It's positive. It's a, it's a positive thing because it grows the sport from both sides. You know, but the sevens for me is established. Like I'm looking at that and I'm like, fucking hell. Yeah. Like they're monstering you. I reckon you're getting chop tackled as well. No. No. we'll never find out mate that's the thing about yeah. it as oh well. you can't we'll you never can't. find out that's the thing it's the contact you can't yeah. two different games um, business you still doing Rexy <laughs> Rexy Hunt yeah of course is your the... brother st- your brother Big Gus <clears throat> still fronting it yeah yeah still fronting it there's still uh, still still going strong and what's it been now I think it's nearly been been 10 years that Rex has been going for now so it's proper established company um like increasing increasing our turnover every year we're trying to get as many hats on sports fans heads as possible we we've gone big into big into the cricket markets now and the pro cricket and a sort of usp which is what it's always been is we we're not just making like comfy comfy hats and a good product but also it's all Still, all the embroidery and all the finishes still done in the UK, which is sort of our, our thing that separates us from other companies who mm. are just doing all their embroidery in China, China, China. Um, so, so we're doing Cheap. it. So we're doing it all in house. Like my brother, my little brother, a few other members of staff doing it all. So it's um, it's going really well. And uh, I don't know if it's something I'll do after rugby, but hopefully it'll just. Keep growing. You've got some hats off us, haven't you? I've got, got some, some caps, yeah. I don't wear as much now. The hair's looking good, so I'll get that on show. <laughs> now the lid's out. But yeah, mate, it's class. And it's great honesty, mate, saying that you still go to China because I get some clothes made and they're saying they're from Portugal. Well, I, 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 know I, that I didn't say we go to China. I said it's different to the ones that are in China. Oh, sorry. I thought you said, you go, I said do you go to China? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to buy, you have to buy a cap and look at the label. Put it, that, put it this way. We don't, we don't, you can't, you have to, it has to be on your labels. So if you buy a cap, oh, you, I don't you, know if you buy a cap, you do, you have to. Well, well I get, I was going to say, I get clothes made, right? I won't say by who, and it's got Portugal on the label. I'm like, this <laughs> and is, made in Portugal. Yeah, this has been, <laughs> this has been put through a machine in China and then sent to Portugal and then they've banged the label on it. Yeah. Yeah, never. Yeah, you never know, do you? No, but, I don't. No, it's good. It's good though. Like cool brand, like loads. You know, it is, and it's it's just um, with the with the pro sports stuff, and you have the main sponsors. It's getting around stuff like that, which most clubs are quite happy with, and it's all about trying to grow our own brand stuff now because we're pretty established in 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 the clubs and like I say in the pro cricket. But it's more just getting our own our own brand stuff out there, mm. which is um, Rex Club. Mm, Rex Club. Why Rex Club? What's Rex in Latin? Um, mullet. <laughs> it's close. Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> king. king. Rex is king in oh, Latin. So it's like so king, King's Club. Crown. You wear crowns, okay. you wear hats. Didn't know that. So that's sort of where it, where it all came from. King's Club. Crowns. Get it. Yeah. 
It's class. We had some for the rugby pod, actually. Yeah, I think you did, yeah. We had some, so we took them to... Oh, this is pre-COVID when it was chaos. Yeah. We took it to a live show, took it, took a bag full in a... Um, at the live show, big North Face bag with, yeah. with 150 caps. Some fucker has got it. What, stole the whole bag? Stole the whole bag. No money? No money. No money. We're going to sell them £10 a pop. <laughs> he, pound. he stole the bag yeah, cash. Hey, I'll do, so we still got paid, I'm, I'm sure. You still got paid. Okay, and them ones, right with, right. them ones were definitely from China. You could feel. Well, we just went, we went cheap. We went cheap early on. But I have a, You rang us with the cheap ones. Yeah. We, we did them that shoot up in Edinburgh. They were good quality. Yeah. Yeah. What's a... Is your stuff, do you, would you say, you got bigger after COVID or was bigger before COVID? It's growing. The, the podcast pod. stuff, everything. Way after bigger COVID. after COVID. Yeah. So, well, I was like, right, we're stopping. I've had enough. I like, remember the conversation with you. I don't know if it was before. It must have been before COVID, was it? I mm. can't remember where it was. but What did I say? I think you were you were saying, like, it was maybe it was... Uh, I think it was actually down at Aki's. Remember that day when we did the Rex Club stuff yeah. with the jumpers? And mm. that would have been before COVID, wouldn't it? Been 2020? Of course, 2019, yeah. maybe? Yeah, yeah. And that, I remember that was when we were having that conversation. I think it, we, you were talking about your um, your coffee and yeah, stuff. Yeah, doing something and you were, a bit different. you were talking about, I'm done with rugby, yeah. so I kind of want to get out of it. And then, obviously, since COVID, maybe it has. Put in, yeah, we went into a cupboard, effectively. Yeah. And started, I was like, oh, I ain't doing this during COVID. Like, yeah. I've got no idea what we're doing. And then, during COVID, mate, it just went to another level. Yeah. Which was class. Everyone, yeah, because everyone didn't know what to do. Everyone's at home. And I said, if we do it, let's just have a crack. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not going to be depressed on it. I'm not depressed anyway, but like I said, I'm not going to be down about it. Being, <laughs> yeah, during you know, COVID. Yeah, so during COVID. Yeah. And then it, made, it just went up to another level, which is wicked, right? As in, you can have an effect by doing a podcast. Yeah. And on rugby as yeah. well. And humbly, the rugby pod has kind of been the, the heartbeat of yeah. everything that I've done. So I'm very, I say lucky, you make your own luck, but yeah. I've h- hustled in that space and, it's and turned up every fruition. single week. Yeah. Fruition, yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, it's a reap great... Reap what you sow. Reap what right. you sow. You make your own luck and all these things. Yeah. You've got a graft. Yeah. You have. We'll finish and chat a bit about Ruggers. Let's talk about Finn first as captain. What's he like as a captain? He seems like he's changed a little bit or more serious. It's like, well, it's like what you're saying about you get older and a bit wiser and I think he's definitely done that. Like We've all... We've all been there a bit bit younger and sometimes make the wrong decisions. Um, so I think he definitely has... Well, it's like anything. I think he's just matured, hasn't he? And mm. I think he is probably ready to have a responsibility like that. I think, obviously, Gregor, Gregor saw that and I think he will be... Well, he's a co-captain, obviously, but I think he's he's will be a good captain and whether that's leading by example or in the huddles, I think he, he does a bit of both and he's... Um, you know he's a popular guy around the squad. There's not there's no one in the squad who wouldn't wouldn't get on with him or he mm. wouldn't chat to. So I think that's also important when you're picking a captain. You've got to you've got to um, pick someone who's who's obviously popular with it with the group as well because mm. um, they're sort of the middlemen between between the coaches and and uh, the players and the sappy players might go to the captain but not the coaches and it, yeah. all, it all needs to feedback. So um, yeah, I think it's also probably a good move from Gregor as well because. You know, he's had his differences with Finn and I think it just shows that they've... And keeps him in line. Come together and he can keep a close eye on him, doesn't he? Can't he? Yeah, of course. Like, you're leading <laughs> yeah, the you're charge ca- you're now, captain Finn. now, You're got, captain you know, now. You've got to be responsible, Finn. Yeah. But it means a lot to him, doesn't it? I think people have this impression of Finn yeah. that it's a big joke and he's smiling a lot and it doesn't really matter. Like, he smiles when he's uncomfortable as well. Yeah, like, exactly. That's part of it, yeah. right? That's the thing, you get a lot of people who say Finn looks like he doesn't care and all this stuff about the, the giggling on the field, laughing if he makes a mistake. 
That's that's who he is. That's how he that's how he rubs it off. That's the best thing to do sometimes for for him anyway. That they always say after you make a mistake in rugby, you got to get out your head as quick as possible. And for him, that is having a bit of a a giggle about it. Mm. It's not something everyone does, but and people sometimes get upset by this. But that's you've got to appreciate that everyone has a different routine of being able to get over stuff. And if that's his way of being able to flush a mistake really quickly, then I think. Uh, and I'm all for it. Yeah. Do the lads talk about winning the Six Nations and a Grand Slam? Because it's obviously nothing like that was spoken about when I played because mm. we're putting the foundations in for you lads to come through, <laughs> however you want to call it. But it feels like it is, as a, as a kind of squad, as a country, <coughs> I think that there's going to be a transition soon enough yeah. when Finn leaves, right, Yeah. as I well? Think, I think the problem the problem is we uh, we've had like a big, group of core players who we've had for a quite a long time now and maybe we we should have done better in one of the previous six nations so that might have been the time to crack it but going forward that squad's still mainly the same as what it has been for the last sort of mm. at least five years now so I think we've got a really good team it's just been able to make that jump I mean like you were saying before during your era probably it was making that jump from one win to two wins we're sort of at the stage now where we could we like from 2017 2018 20, 21, 22, I think we've consistently got three wins out of mm. five and it's been able to just make that jump to get to four wins and then you can start talking about winning the Six Nations yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And I think until we do that, until we get to like the sort of four win mark, I think it's obviously it's good to be ambitious and we go into we, we go into every Six Nations 2022, I remember going in 2021 we were, we were pretty close to that year and the players always believe we can do that but I think it's just you've got to be quiet about it because you watch you watch things from the outside. A lot of people like to think that Scotland chat a load of crap, which is rubbish as well. I think it's also so people don't like to see teams. Maybe it's me. People don't like to see teams getting better as well. It's one of those ones. But mm. a lot of teams out of the teams in the Six Nations at the moment, bar Ireland, we're probably the ones who have had the least disruption going into this campaign. Like a lot of teams, like Wales, are on a completely different um, transitional period now. They've lost loads of their experienced players, so they're sort of starting up again. Um, Italy. Again, they're a team that can like like can get better. They look really good against England. Um, France have got a few things going on injuries wise, and Dupont not being there. Hmm. So I'd say we are the most settled after Ireland, but Ireland still looks like the the team that's gonna that's gonna well from the round one, the team that's gonna be the toughest and look like they're well strong favourite. And they beat South Africa in the World Cup yeah. as well. I mean, with, with Ireland, right? When you play against them, they were in our pool, yeah. right? And it was have to beat Ireland yeah. to go through yeah. and the impossible challenge which it yeah. turned out to be right because they were phenomenal yeah. what's it like playing against that Ireland team yeah you can have all the tactics in the world <clears throat> yeah I think that's that's the thing I think they've got they've got amazing players They a lot of them play for Leinster so there's continuity there they've, I think the whole team basically bar maybe five and the whole total 23 um, they're coached really well but it's it's one of those weird things I don't know it's when you're when you're playing you're in the thick of it I never went into those island games like fearful of Ireland. Maybe, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe we should have done. But like, I'd, you've got to be confident in yourself, and you've got to have self belief. But definitely, when I was watching it from the stand, that first forty minutes against Ireland in the World Cup, and you have a different perspective than when you're on the field. Like when you're in that training week, you're, you're on the field, you're doing all your reviews. You obviously, respect them; they're one of the best teams in the world. But you fully believe we're going to win this. Mm. And then I have to say, when I was sat in the stand watching it, I was like, "Fuck, these guys are these guys are good." Which when you when you're playing it, you never think that because you believe you're the you have to believe you're better than them. You have to believe mm. you're the best. But definitely, when I was watching that World Cup game up there, I was like, they were they were they were very very good in that game and uh, 
full credit to them. They're doing something right because they've been there for ages now, haven't they? They've been yeah. at the top for a while. Mm. They have. I, I was chatting to a mate who played them, I think it was at Gloucester. Yeah, I think Gloucester were playing Leinster. I, yeah, I'm going to double down on it and say yeah. that's what it was. But I, having played against them, but watching them, and when I was chatting to him about it, I was like, what is it? And he was like, the speed. Yeah, it was Gloucester. I was chatting to the skipper, Lewis Ludlow. Breakdown, isn't it? And stuff, yeah. He was just like, so was it the power? He's like, mate, the speed. He's like, the speed in which everything's happening, you've got a plan where you want to slow the breakdown down and you're going to put these big collisions in. He's like, the speed of the breakdown. He's like, it was. he's never seen anything. It's like the game was in... Different sport. Like just, <laughs> yeah, different sport, different speed. And is that what it is? Like when you... I, I always think when I played against the All Blacks a couple of times, I was like, what the fuck? It was a different game. Like Richie McCall, their worst carrier, like I've gone to try and bang him and he's made four or five metres, you know, as in rock solid. Yeah. It was just crazy. That was, a, that was after the shoulder ops, though. That was after the shoulder ops. I, I hit him with an arm. No, hit him with an arm. Oh, hit him with a chest, he would have been fucked. Flying arm. <laughs> yeah, but it, you look at them, it's just like they're on another level. Yeah, they just... They are at the moment, and uh, I think, like you say, it is the breakdown. It's the speed of ball. If you if you can't slow their breakdown, can't slow them in the tackle and get that fold, then you then you're fighting a losing battle already because they're getting the ball out and then they'll play all their, their loop plays they used to play with Sexton, all the balls out the back, and all their forwards are pretty good at keeping a straight line and tipping it, so you're mm-hmm. biting down on players and then they're chucking short lines at you. So it's um it's so hard. You always constantly feel like you're apart from round guard and half. You always feel like you're double defending the whole time yeah. so it is and if the ball's quick it just it's um, almost impossible to defend so mm. that's what last game of Six Nations is it away oh, I thought it was Paddy's it day last? but it's not it's Paddy's weekend that's yeah last, last, last game weekend. yeah 16th of March Paddy's day is 70 you'll Basically be there when you're, you're, you're at all the games I'm there. not I'm not you're doing not. as much no no it's ITV not needed in anymore. the studio being the student, actually, pitch side for that one. I'm trying to get oh. the, what I did at the World Cup there. for that one. So actually, yeah, I'm at that one. I'm not any others, but I'm not doing anything at any others. But I want to be at that game. So we're trying to get a pitch side presentation nice. set up. The Big Gym Show live. Yeah, that's like the World Cup. Like the World Cup, yeah, like we did there for that. So, we're so to get... did I go? Like it went all pretty well. At the World uh, Cup, yeah. Wicked. It was wicked for me from an enjoyment point of view, and yeah, and it's trying to get the momentum of that. Carrying on, make some awesome. I just saw you everywhere. You're doing bits on the side, left, right, centre. I know that was it. I know, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And you know what? As in, it's rekindled my love for the sport. Nice. It's awesome having people like you in the studio, right? As in, players who are still in it and happy to happy to come in and chat. You know, and that is it. It's kind of slowly breaking the mold. Like even I had Jasper Visa, he was sat in your chair. And my uh, Deke's coach is like, he's like, how have you, he don't speak. I says, mate, he was awesome. Like, got him in the studio. <laughs> but a lot of South Africans are like that. Yeah. All the Afrikaans boys. You've got to, bre- you've got to break them down. Yeah, you've got break to, them down. That's yeah. the thing. You feel when a lot of the boys who have come to Edinburgh, they look like big, scary Afrikaans lads. But mm. then once you actually get to know them, then they're like they're actually so chatty and willing to open up about family, whatever, whatever it may be. Mm. And they're actually um, really easy guys to talk to. But from the outside, he's massive Afrikaans lads so they look like they don't want to talk to you and because yeah. they don't normally like talking to coaches so the coaches probably think they don't want to talk to anyone I know mate they're just they are built different aren't they they're just built for contact yeah right yeah yeah like I was in South Africa with that Drickers Dupacy yeah I did a walk and talk I don't know if you saw any of it um, so I did a walk and talk interview with him when I was down doing a show and Drickers Dupacy 
he had a fight a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, yeah. and won the middleweight yeah, sort of. championship. Yeah. But the time that he gave, it was crazy because I'm with a UFC fighter yeah. that is about to have a fight in a few weeks' time, and he was like, mate, how, how long do you want? Like, but he loves that's the he that loves so he lucky. loves rugby so yes. lucky because he's an Afrikaans that he will love rugby. Well, that so is, that's the, there you go, yeah. mate. So he's loving me. I yeah. was like, but you, you, I don't know if you but saw. But you're it. loving it because you're like UFC. I love also, UFC. Yeah. It was wicked. It was so funny. He was like um, a bit awkward at first. So he was in the gym, and we were there, and I've kind of turned up. But we've been messaging back and forth. Like, got him tickets for the uh, for the final for yeah. South Africa, New Zealand, in France. And he was meant to come pitch side, but he was off his rocker, so he didn't bother coming down. <laughs> and then, so we just kept in contact or whatever, because yeah. I love UFC, so I'm like yeah. a super fan. And went to his gym, and it, it was a bit awkward because there's a few different cameras there. They were doing a behind the scenes thing. And I imagine it's a bit overwhelming, right? And I'm just kind of stood there. Yeah. He'd come over and said, I'll be with you in a sec, because we were going to go and do an interview. And he just threw the gloves at me and was like, mate, before we go and do that, he said, a roll. Yeah, he said, let's have an, he called it an icebreaker. <laughs> and I had, to, I, I had to do well, he said um, one round yeah. but I did two rounds with him and it was obviously going real super soft on you nah, he was going well hard <laughs> and then after I was saying to him oh I reckon I could take it you know you have the like, as in how long could you spend in yeah. the ring with like Tyson Fury for example yeah. or Mike Tyson I reckon I could do two rounds of Mike Tyson what the fuck are you talking yeah. about but but with the UFC guys it'd be even less than a boxer well because they're just going to take you down and kill you sleep exactly yeah. and that's where he got me so I, I was on my feet for a bit and I thought he was blasting me. So I thought he was going full noise, but I watched the footage back it's and he was literally like rabbit punches. <laughs> you thought he was going full noise. You're there ringing a the wife, just lasted, yeah. just lasted two minutes with him. I was telling all the lads and the content came out. I was like, God, did I say that he went full noise? But uh, that was it. It was like the, like you earn your stripes. And yeah, yeah they're awesome. Like the UFC guys, the access you get, because it's their personal, it's them, it's their brand. Yeah. Not that by doing something with me increases their brand, yeah. but like they just do... Like that's what the UFC is good at, isn't it? Where Dana White sort of nailed it. He sort of gives all his, all his men and women fighters like free reign to do what they want. Say what they want. Whereas in rugby and other sports, you just you're almost owned, aren't you? And can only you have to ask to do things. And well, your personality is controlled so, yeah, by the media manager, exactly. so which is crazy. Like saying, tell you what questions could come up before you do press interviews, and don't say this, don't say that. It's just whereas that sport is just a bit more. Well, you, free speech yeah. just say, say what you want you're your own person so. it's meant, like some of the stuff they say is that is crazy what is it the Sean, Sean Strickland yeah that's one that he beat yeah, yeah. He's, some he's, of the stuff um, they're mental yeah he's, yeah. they're mental absolutely crazy but then it gets brushed under the car I mean, but they're different you know, they're fighters right they're the exactly they're doing like one of the most dangerous sports in the world like one of the most like they're like also the scariest people in the world so yeah just let them be should we wrap up? Do you want to wrap it up? No, you wrap it up. It goes quick, doesn't it? How okay? How slow does a bronco? That's what I said to the guys. You go for a you go for a pint in the pub. Mm. How quickly does five minutes go? But when you're running that bronco, it's the longest five minutes of your life. Wow! Anyway, an hour and forty-five. An hour and forty-five. We've done it's an hour and quick. forty-five. Hamish, I'm coming back up to Scotland with you. I'm going home. Are you? you coming with me? I'm coming home. I'm, I'm on the same flight. It's 80 now. Well, we don't need to talk. We just oh, got our cool. headphones on. Just watch YouTube. <laughs> we'll watch on Instagram. <laughs> the great Hamish Watson. You fit. You're raring to go. Yeah, I've had a fit. Raring to go. Let's go get them, mate. Thanks, Thanks for having me on, mate. Smash it. It's been Appreciate class. it.